What's up, guys? Welcome to Spawncast. It's another Saturday night, and I have a couple people with me here right now. And then, uh, more than likely, OJ from Playerisense will also join us. Uh, Philip is busy with some personal matters tonight, so he won't actually will not be joining us. But I do have uh, Max, Dreamcast guy. How are you doing tonight? Man, tubulous. Excited to talk about some cool games. Very good, very good. And then over from there, we have Evan. How, how are things going, Evan? All right. I'm missing the Internationals final round for this, so hopefully it's pretty good. Final round for what? Uh, Dota 2's big world tournament's going on oh, right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Is that is that streamed over on like Steam and everything? It's on everything. The, every everything has some form of the the international. The big one is of course on Twitch and stuff. So, okay. How many people they have watching that? I can't even remember. I closed it all down to come over here. So, oh, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Hey, look at that! Right when I'm introducing people, OJ pops in. OJ, how are things going, man? <laughs> Good, good, man. I had to come back so I can uh, be on the cast for you guys, man. I was just at the gym yeah. and I, my my car was had to fix my car today, so a lot of stuff going on. But I wanted to make it, man. So uh, thanks oh, for inviting cool. me. Yeah, yeah, it was good timing. Like I said, we were literally just right to like Evan and about to introduce uh, <laughs> you after that. So that's good timing. Uh, very good, very good. Uh, let's see. So what are, what are, what are we been playing this week, guys? Anything good? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Hellblade and Lawbreakers. Hellblade's great. Lawbreakers, not so much. Really? Yeah, Lawbreakers is interesting. It it I, apparently it launched with lower than expect. Like it was the numbers that it launched at were lower than Battleborns. Yeah, abysmally low. Twenty five percent the size. Apparently, three thousand concurrent people were playing it at launch day compared to Battleborns twelve thousand. And even Battleborn was considered an astronomical failure. So, uh, you can if you look at those guys on Twitter, they're not saying help us, but I've never seen a developer tweet out a link to buy his game on Amazon so frequently. Wow, really? That's 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 yeah, a thing go- on there. Yeah, go look at Cliff Bozinski, and he's like, check out this sweet kill. Bye below. It's like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I think maybe Cliff Bozinski's, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people give Cliff's a lot of crap, but I think it's kind of catching up to him. I kind of, all the stuff that he says on Twitter and all the things that he gets, like, back and forth with people, a lot of people just sort of, well, screw you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, a lot of people abuse Cliffy. Like, like they'll just say the rick- most ridiculous things to him, but I think it might be catching up to him at this point, you know, with, with this game. So. Well, and I hate to say, I hate to say this because I feel like it's the most insulting thing to say about a game, but it doesn't bring anything really original to the table. It just feels like low gravity Overwatch. Like literally so many of the characters are just like, well, it's got this character's grapple hook and this character's blades. So we'll just shove that together and poof, it's a new character. It's like, mm-hmm. not really. It's just Overwatch remix. Ah, I well, feel so bad but, saying that. But it does, <laughs> it's, not, it's not as unique, but you're saying it's not as unique as Overwatch because each character in Overwatch is like completely different. You know? they, yeah, yeah, there's no it, story really for the characters yeah, in yeah, uh, and Lovebreakers. That's the thing is that they are just as unique in that each one does play 100% differently and have different specials and stuff. My problem is that they don't have any character. They don't say anything cool. It's like literally everybody is just like a shell that occasionally goes like, oh, headshot. It's like, cool. What? Uh, who are you? Why do you have a beard? <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's interesting. So they didn't, they didn't do a good job of giving anybody backstory or having you become like attached to one character. Yeah. Like, okay. I feel like, name, they put, like yeah, I feel like I, they put more potential into paying people on Twitch and other places to play the game. I think almost a year in advance of it releasing. I remember yeah. back when I played Dirty Bomb. I think you swung in when I was playing it again yeah. recently. Uh, there was a guy from the Steel Series group and everyone else. They all apparently got into the Lawbreakers like closed alpha I and thought, they played yeah. it for months and months to show it off. And it just felt so much like there was money exchanged, and that's the only reason they were really yeah. there. And it's well, this game is doing so bad. I honestly feel bad. The game is not terrible. I gave it a 7.5. Like it, it's it's good. It's fun for like a weekend. It's such a perfect rental, but it's digital only. I heard that it, it didn't even crack the top 100 games 
on uh, on Twitch, which means like literally nobody has any mm. brand awareness. Nobody did, gives uh, a crap. I think, a, uh, I think you get a physical release over on Limited Run Games for the PS4, but that was again a limited release thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uh, interesting to say the least. So, it, do you guys think it's just gonna kind of fizzle out? Oh yeah. I, I think gonna it's gonna fade. be yeah. it's gonna be free to play in the next two months. And if and if it's not because apparently that's what it was gonna be originally. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was called Project Project Blue Streak. And then right towards the end, they did some big like internal poll and everybody was like, Okay, free to play doesn't work. And they're like, Oh, we were never gonna do free to play. Ignore all these cosmetic skins. Didn't mm. they get an investor too? I'm pretty sure they got an investor too. I think Cliffy got someone to invest to that, help the game so it's not free to play too. That that would make sense because I talked to a lot of their PR people leading up to it, and I can tell they have a very big company base behind this. And now they're very much in full blown panic mode of like, yeah. oh shit, we owe a lot of money to this investor, and we are not making it back. You, you know what I've noticed with a lot of these guys that you know that become big like at Epic or become big at Call of Duty, they try to go off and they try to make their own team and they try to make a game, and it almost never works. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? We've seen it before with the guy from Call of Duty. I think it was like a bowling or rob something. Um, like the only time, I guess, like respawn. I guess you can say they were successful, but it was a bunch of guys from there. You know, um, it looks like the singular guy, like at, like Clippy B, when he went off on his own. Like it almost never works, man. Well, look at the same look thing. at Turtle Rock. Turtle Rock, such a bad yeah. example of that. Of like, yeah, we we're the makers of Left 4 Dead, this absolute masterpiece. Now here's Evolve. Please play it. Oh god. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I mean, something. It, it's tough though. I mean, no, nobody said making games was easy. Like, and especially there's so many games. I mean. The market is saturated with just tons of games. Like every single month, you're getting this, this. I mean, people just don't have the money to buy all this stuff. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, and then you got to pay for your, got to pay for your internet. You got to pay for good internet, and then you got to pay for uh, PS4, Xbox One. You got to pay for that. I mean, it's just, it's just too much at this point. I think that's also kind of a victim of that too, just money as well. Okay. You know? So, do you think it would have been better to be free to play and just done what everyone else is doing, which is like loot boxes and stuff? I feel like what it needs more than anything is just character and heart. It needs like, personality. Yes, like so I've been playing way more Splatoon 2 lately than I ever would have imagined. Like Splatoon 2 is one of those games that I was looking forward to. I'm like, oh, that'll be fun for like the couple weeks I'm reviewing it and then I'll put it down. But I keep going back to it because of the cute art style and subtle details like the way the ink shimmers when I lay it down over my enemy's paint and stuff. Like it feels so alive and necessary to win. Whereas when this, I could literally win 50 matches in a row, give zero shits. If it corrupted my save file, I'd be like, cool, I literally feel nothing. <laughs> that's the thing, but that's the thing about the, the Switch in general. You said you don't really play it as a handheld, Max? You, uh, not, all play it, not-, not unless I'm like taking care of a dog or something and I'm sitting outside like a heathen and trying to like see it with the sun glint. Oh, see, because I'm down here usually working and stuff, and then when I'm done, I usually go upstairs, and I'll just play. I, I don't really play the Switch in dock mode at all. I, I just treat it as a handheld. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I, I usually sit upstairs on, like, the couch or something playing a game, randomly Splatoon 2 or whatever. So just in just in general, the Switch, I find myself playing all these games that I wouldn't have played normally. Like Ironcast, I've been playing that a lot recently, and that's a game that I didn't really even look at on Steam two years ago when it came out. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting the way that that works out. Um, did you oh OJ did you check that out Ironcast? Um, no, I haven't been able to work out. Um, I'm still working out my, my email situation. Oh so, okay. okay. So yeah, I'm trying to get all my PR contacts and everything. But I, I should be able to get a quote at some point. And if not, I'll probably pick it up. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty cool game. Huh? Yeah, it's a pretty cool game. We did yeah, a gameplay I, video I've for it. I, I've heard about. Um, I know uh, some of my other uh, you know guys on Twitter have been talking. Uh, have been saying some good things about it. Uh, how, how it's kind of like addicting. It's kind of fun, you know, once you get into the game. Um, as far yeah. as kind of a unique mix of like puzzler and uh, it's like it's like puzzle quest mixed with like mechs. 
So mm-hmm. it's right. kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's like and it's like twelve dollars or something. It's on yeah. Steam or the Switch, but it actually takes advantage of the Switch's touchscreen completely. Mm, nice, nice. So you don't have to use any buttons. You can technically play it without buttons if you want. So if you just, so if you just want to relax and just kind of like lie down and just have to just use your you know, mm-hmm. use your fingers to play. That that's cool. That's always I always like it when developers do that. Um, give you that option to play either way, especially with this type of game. I think it's kind of uh, very useful with Ironcast, especially how you play it. Yeah, dude, there's so many, like, I'm a big fan of indie games in general because I think that's where a lot of the unique, like, ideas come from that other companies probably take and turn into AAA games even. Um, and, man, so, did you notice how many are hitting the Switch right now? Like, I keep looking up and there's another game either getting announced or released on the Switch. There's a ton of, like, games, whether it's indie games, a ton of indie games, you know, smaller to mid-sized games being announced. I mean, it's, like, every single... Yeah, like every single day, it seems like there's something new. I mean, we just got an announcement with that uh, kind of like a Super Smash Brothers Melee uh, clone coming out, a uh, brawl out, which looks that, fan- yeah. yeah, which looks I, fantastic. I'm like, super excited for that. I, I was I played an early version of that. I think I guess February of this year. I played the Weird Frog, and it plays a lot like Super Smash Brothers Brawl with just all unlicensed characters. It was interesting. Yeah, there was a trailer that came out for Hollow, which is like a, I guess a first person like like horror type game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That looks interesting, and I don't know. They're all. It seems like every day I, I'm looking online on Twitter or whatever, and they're the developer is announcing a Switch game on there, whether they're porting it from the PC or they're just they're just putting it out in parody with PC. Well, from oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, speaking of which, freaking Stardew Valley blew up the internet because the freaking developer of Stardew Valley just tweeted out a picture of him with it actually running mm-hmm. on a Switch. Just says, yep. this is fun. Yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> as, as somebody who's played it on PC and liked it, but mm-hmm. I, I'm just not a big PC gamer. So it's one of those things where it's like I didn't really fully invest into it because I hate sitting with my doing keyboard and mouse. I'm going to buy the hell out of that. Well, that has that has like that game would be perfect on a handheld like the Switch. Yeah, perfect, absolutely yeah. perfect on the Switch. Yeah, a, a lot of these games that are being announced are great for it because. You can play it hand. It plays great, you know, handheld wise. You know, and so, remember, it's gonna it's gonna debut co op mode on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Nice, oh, nice, right? Oh Isn't that cool? So you can like I, use the Switch Joy Cons if you want. I, I actually I, I never played Stardew Valley yet, but I watched oh, Pro Jared. I watched Pro Jared play it so much. Yeah. Like I watched him play. Like he would stream it all the time. I'm like, man, this is really cool. Like if I ever got the chance, like you know, if it came out on like Switch or if it came out on his on like you know on the portable system that I can play it on, I'm like I'm totally gonna um you know. Check it out. So I'm, it's I'm happy that it's re- It's one of the most relaxing games you'll play. Like mm-hmm. you can just kind of hang. You could lay in bed and play it, and it's like super relaxing. That's how I'm, that's how I play my Switch a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> just chill out lying down. So that's cool, man. Yeah, I probably put like I probably put thirty hours into that game. I think mm-hmm. um, it's it's good though. It, it's a good game. Um, I don't think it's gonna get. A, I would have loved to see it get a physical release on the Switch. I thought that would yeah. been really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I would like to have that box art like on my shelf, but that, still, if it comes out digitally like it's supposed to, um, and it runs co-op mode, that's gonna be really neat. To see co-op mode. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that actually make things like getting through your farm a lot faster because when you first get it, if it's like Harvest Moon, you spend so much time cleaning your farm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It well, takes a it while. It makes me think because a lot of people have really kind of been begging for something to scratch that Animal Crossing collectathon itch, and I think that this is going to be that extra crazy seller that people have been looking for, where it's like. That on the go, spend five minutes or an hour of your lunch break just like watering crops or milking cows. This will totally hit that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then eventually, I guess we get Animal Crossing someday. So. Yeah. yeah. And that's interesting because uh, you were talking about that game that you can just play quite a bit, you know, just like crops and all that, or kind of like Minecraft. And I've been playing a lot of uh, this game right here, 
uh, Dragon Quest Builders. I love that game. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so good. I've been playing it quite a bit, but I've been telling myself over and over, man, this would be so dope if I could just play it lying down in bed. I can't hold mode because I don't have my Vita anymore. Um, and yeah. the, Vita, the Vita remote play is not ideal for me, at least. For me, it's not ideal. So um, Dragon Quest Builders 2, I don't know if we're going to talk about that later or not, um, but Dragon Quest Builders 2 was announced, and that's coming to the Switch. So that's super hype. That's going to be a game that I'm did they, really excited. Did they show any gameplay for that yet? Oh, yeah. They showed up. They had a live stream at the Dragon Quest Festival. Oh. Um, the oh. big Dragon Quest Festival. They announced a bunch of uh, different types of Dragon Quest games. Um, and they showed off Dragon Quest uh, Heroes, or sorry, Dragon Quest Builders 2. And, like, you can fly through the skies like, in, like, a Super Mario type of cape. Uh, so that's really fun. Um, you can go underwater, and you can have, like, underwater areas there and swim and stuff. There's a run button now. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of great additions to the game. That's awesome. That's going to yeah. be cool. Yeah, those kind of games are be neat. I would like to see an Animal Crossing get announced, though. That would be neat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for that. Um, anyway, we had, a, we had a few things we were going to talk about, uh, a lot of new stuff, really. But a few things that were interesting. I guess we'll just talk about the Nintendo lawsuit, like, now. Because yeah. that's, that's something that everybody is really buzzing about right now, is this, this interesting lawsuit from Game Vice, I believe it is. Yeah, who is, um, yeah, who, who, uh, who is apparently suing Nintendo over um over i guess the joy con connectivity or the joy cons in general because they had an idea similar to it in their eyes before even though even evan said it looks kind of like a game gear <laughs> yeah that's what i said too yeah the game gear. <laughs> so what i mean what are you guys thoughts on this lawsuit i mean is it is it, this, is it an actual thing no this this is what they call patent trolling where somebody manages to secure a patent that's similar enough to something a major company has and they just repeatedly sue the major company to get small uh fractions of money like this is a thing that's very common it's like okay we have this this thing that loosely could be considered a router so we can sue at&t for 2.5 million dollars and they'll settle out of court for fifty thousand dollars and we can do that 10 times with every telecom i think that this is just one of those type of things yeah. Very good point. Yeah, very good point. I, I also look at it as a publicity grab. They they had it, they have investors, they have people that are backing them, and this device, they're not popular on social media. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody knew yeah. what this was. And now everyone's reporting on them. Everyone's talking about them. But I will I will be replacing their name with bums in the future. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna call them that bum company because I'm not gonna give them the publicity that they want. Um, people are showing off their their game vice things, people are showing off the functionality of it, and I think they're trying to kind of live off uh, like the, the momentum because the CEO of the company just got done praising the switch. A couple of months in. Yeah. yeah. Just got done raising it, saying that it was great, that this is good for us. He said all this stuff, and now you want to say, oh, well, we're suing them because it's too similar. Wait a minute. Why didn't you say that back in March when the, when the system launched? You said that two well, months after. What he meant to say is, this is the best device that's ever written me off. I'll see you in court. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting that this lawsuit comes up after the Switch launches and after it's been a success, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that's maybe they maybe they thought when it was coming out that it'll be it'll do okay, and then they see it like selling like crazy, and they're like, well, let's get our bit of money from it. So, <laughs> yeah, didn't their device the device they're claiming ripped it off came out in 2015 and hasn't sold like any, right? I think it came out in I think it was even before then, right? Wasn't it like 2012? <laughs> God, was it? I thought it was twenty. I thought it was more like 2014, 2015 type of deal. I yeah, mean, if it I, was twenty twelve, I, I, I didn't think it was that far if, back. If I remember correctly from the lawsuit, the specific one they're suing them for is their most recent model, which was oh, twenty fifteen. Okay. But still, okay. it's it's sort of those things where it's like, bruh, like check yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a bruh. <laughs> yeah, the, their first one came out. Okay, their first one came out in twenty thirteen. That was when their okay. first one came out. Then, but they have had revisions since then. 
Um, but there is a all, there's another ugly, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can all easily fit in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, there there is another one. Did you guys see the the Morpheus X three hundred? We talked about it a little bit, Evan and I. Oh, did. absolutely. Yeah. That, that one looks more like the Switch than the the Game Vice's uh, WikiPad. Mm -hmm. I I talked about that in one of my videos. Like the I think it's called the Acoon or Icoon Icoon X three hundred or Morpheus X three hundred tablet thingy. It's it's similar, very similar to that. It's the Joy-Cons, you can attach it. This thing can also play on your TV. You can hook it up, you can take them off and play independently. It's very similar to the Nintendo Switch um, and they're not suing Nintendo, so. Well, so, yeah. I, was, I was reading about that, that case where Sony tried to sue, uh, sue Nintendo when the 3DS first came out because apparently they had the specific patent for glasses-free 3D functionality but the patent had some sort of weird stipulation where they were suing him because it was less popular and they thought it was copying him. And then 3DS took out, took off, and for some reason it nulled the case. It was one of those weird times where it was like, we're suing you because you're trying to rip us off. Oh, you're bigger than us. Oh, I guess technically now we're legally ripping you off. All right, never mind. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> what was that, Evan, what was that Um, what was that case that we saw also where the yeah. 3DS uh, It was the other guy who, yeah, it was the screen technology, someone else. Like not even, I don't even know if he was related to a company at that point. It was just a technology he created, sued mm. them, and we found out that he won, but then Nintendo appealed and then recently. he lost pretty recently, actually. Yeah, like a couple months ago yeah okay so wait a minute so the guy who actually got who won it they they did an appeal and mm -hmm. it reversed okay i didn't know that yeah. I, I was reporting that they actually or at least i told people i was like oh no they like you know the only one that i know of where nintendo has been you know got caught with one of these was the 3ds where the guy won it but apparently it was re it was reversed then it was yeah it took that long though from when he won like years ago to like a few months ago where they okay, so, so we did get money then so because they he was ordered to pay like i guess they were ordered to pay some royalties to him so, they, so was making that up until this point? More than likely, yeah, from what I can okay. tell. Unless they did some hold, I don't know. The legal system has always confused me. Yeah. There was one other case that Nintendo actually lost that I can remember, which is when the Wii first came out. I'm sure some of y'all remember there was a thing called, uh, I think, the, the Wii Classic controller. It was like the big round pill-shaped controller. Mm -hmm. uh, it turned out that they took like a there was a patent for like the certain wire configuration that they needed in order to make a controller that small and nintendo tried to buy the rights and they were in the talks to get the rights to this and they just started producing the controllers anyways so the person who owned the rights ended up suing them and if i remember correctly those people won the case i think uh, nintendo's tried to settle with them out of court uh, and they just ended up just throwing it out to make sure that uh, Nintendo just basically got deadlocked. They weren't allowed to make that controller ever again, ever more anymore. Hmm. Man, it's always interesting to watch companies sue other companies. <laughs> yeah, it happens well, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, well, especially about the smallest stuff. That's so it, like you took the wiring for this backup controller that's not selling, you jerks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's um. All right, let's talk about well. All right, so Max, you, you can be quiet in this part if you need to be because I know you're uh, you're you're oh, doing yeah, a review yeah. for it. If if you want, oh, we're gonna we're not really gonna talk about the game itself. Um, yeah, we're gonna talk about events. Uh, but yeah, I assume OJ, you saw that Sonic Mania was leaked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been leaked. Literally the through Best the, Buy. <laughs> Best Buy, the retail versions of it. So yeah, a bit unfortunate, but yeah. Know, and then uh, uh, they were. Did you see the stream and everything where they were playing it? No, I, I didn't. I didn't look at that. No. Well, yeah, I mean, it, lo it looks like Sonic. So I was like, well, yeah. I, because I, I, I played it at the Nintendo event. So I did play it a, a while ago. Man, when was that? That was back in like, oh, geez, was that January? 
in Washington, D.C. It was a while ago. But, yeah, that was one of the things they had there. And I actually ended up playing it for like 15, 20 minutes because there was no one in line for Sonic Mania. But um, I ended up playing that on the Switch for a while. And, uh, oh, um, Max, can you say which version you're reviewing? Which which version you're reviewing? Are you allowed to say that? Uh, I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not sure because I'm not okay, sure which okay. copies they're giving out, and I don't want to actually say something and get in trouble. I mean, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I, just, just for people in chat or wonder, sometimes when you're reviewing a game, they literally just don't want you to talk about it until yeah. a particular day. This is just one of those situations. Yep. Yep. Um. And uh, they, well, they they sent me a thing too and asked if I was going to review it. I said I was going to do gameplay. So I think they're sending me a, a review code on Monday just mm-hmm. to do a. Uh, what you call it on um a gameplay on uh for the switch i think but either way it's it's gonna be interesting to see your review on it i, I actually want to see how well it holds up for the i guess the amount it's like i think it's what is it, twenty dollars for a digital 20, copy i think twenty dollars retail yeah and then i know that the um the big the big edition was like 60 bucks at uh best buy but it came with a statue and a code and everything they ended up doing a live stream that seemed kind of impromptu where they unboxed it they like completely unboxed it and then they talked about it and then they um then they uh put out the opening animation because the person who live streamed it showed the opening animation (laughs) yeah (laughs) which which looks really cool they put it on their twitter um their official twitter page and it looks like old school sonic like the cartoon Mm -hmm. So, yeah. oh yeah, I am like super excited for uh, Tuesday. I think right Tuesday is when it comes out. Yep, um, super excited for Sonic Mania to come out. I've been talking about it quite a bit on um, on on the channel, so I'm ready. Um, but uh, I, are you are you going to be getting that too, OJ, or is that going to be one? You're I, gonna... Yeah, I, I got a code already, actually. Oh, very good. Yeah, very good. yeah, I had someone um, help me out and got me a code, so I've played it just a tiny bit. Very good, very good. Yeah, we'll be playing it. We'll be playing it. And then it has, like, the co-op stuff, so maybe Evan and I will check that out, too. And it has the competition mode. But mm-hmm. um, interesting that it got leaked. Uh, I, I don't know. Best Buy does some weird stuff sometimes because usually those are register locked. So I would go up and try to buy. There were a couple times where I saw stuff that was out that shouldn't have been out. And it was mm-hmm. always register locked. So I don't even know how these people were, it got, got around that and were able to buy it. I've only been in Best Buy a couple times in the last, like, two years. And every time, it just looks so... I don't want to say sloppy, but unprofessional. It'll just like have a giant display that has an Xbox symbol and then just piles of Xbox games, and I can't tell how much anything is. So I can definitely see that as a company where they're just like, eh, whatever. If you walk up to the register, everything's 12 bucks. We don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Best Buy, um, I've had my back and forth with them, but they, they do have a good gamers club that I'm a part yep. of. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. But the, the employees there at a lot of Best Buys and the people that run this whole gaming thing, they a lot of them don't know what they're doing. A lot of yeah. them don't know about the deals. A lot of them don't put out stuff. A lot of them are just kind of like meh. I mean, that's not every Best Buy, but just considering Best Buy, like there's not always like a ton of Best Buys. There's usually like only like one in like every major. I mean, I mean, I live in a city with over 400,000 people. And we have one Best Buy. You know? Oh wow. So yeah, and they're they're all idiots there. Uh, so like <laughs> they're all they're all idiots there. So um, you know, just that, that just happened. I can see what you're talking about as far as the unorganized and stuff. That's kind of how my Best Buy is. Mm-hmm. They're getting a little bit better, but they're still kind of lame. So, dude, just, that's how my that's how best. my Walmart is, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Walmart's pretty Walmart. lame too. Yeah, Walmart's kind of lame too. <laughs> I I always feel like the problem customer when I go into Walmart because I look all happy and I walk in and I'm like, "Hello, can I get several things from this locked case, uh, top row?" And I feel like they're just like, 
look, bro, I've been up for three days on meth. I do not want to deal with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 hate, they hate when video game people come inside there, right? They're like, I got to open this case. You got to do this. I don't know what they're talking about. Like, dude, time there's no one in the electronics section. I, I know, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> there's not even anybody there, but I don't even really buy games from there anymore just because I, yeah. I had a couple bad experiences with them in like Circuit City back in the day and like Target and some other places. So now I just kind of... Do, either do online or do and just deal with Best Buy because they have really good deals. So I just have to deal with them, you know. <laughs> just have to put up with their stupidity. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And and you get it cheaper, so why not? I mean, Amazon Prime is pretty good for that too. My problem with Amazon Prime is I kind of end up sitting here waiting for that UPS truck to show up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I feel like one in three things I order on Amazon that I pay extra, so it'll show up on launch day. I get it like two or three days after. It's like cool, glad I paid for that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, a lot of times it gets crushed for me too. Like the box gets crushed. Yeah, yeah and that's the problem. Like Amazon Prime is really good, um, but it's of course it's nine or was it ninety nine dollars, ninety nine dollars a year for that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's awesome uh, because you get the two-day shipping and all that. But sitting there, really, like, waiting for that box all day is just kind of like, I can just like, go to Best Buy and just get the well, same deal, you know, and then get reward points. So, yep. you know. There, there have been a couple times where I'm, like, getting a, a review copy and they email me, like, hey, like, uh, this year they told me, like, okay, you're getting a Resident Evil 7 uh, a week early. And I'm, like, the biggest Resident Evil fanboy. So, like, okay, today's the day it arrives. And I sat outside for, like, four and a half hours getting sunburnt in my front yard. Like, I don't even care. I'm going to kill so many <laughs> zombies when this is done. Nice. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. So usually I, I would just go to Best Buy, right? Or I guess if it's like an exclusive thing, like um, like the Samus uh, 3DS XL, I'm gonna be getting that. Um, mm -hmm. And I managed to pre-order it at a GameStop, surprisingly. They were two of the GameStops around me were out of them already. Because uh, that that is probably one of the best looking 3DS XLs I've seen in a while. So. So. <laughs> you, you said you pre you pre-ordered it. So they are they gonna ship it to your house, or are you just gonna go? You have to. You have to go pick it up. I have, up to, go there. I have to go there and pick it up, yeah. So it's, it's the okay. one in the mall, though. So it's not too – like, the mall is, like, 15 minutes away from me. Um, okay. So it's not far, Christiana Mall. And um, I'll just go there and pick it up the day it comes out. And then I'm probably – I'm going to open it, I guess, and then I'm just going to end up giving it away. So <laughs> I'm not even going to use it much at all. Um, but uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be fun. I'll, I'll be picking that up. Um, okay, nice. so now – Let's talk about one of the bigger stories that we have here tonight, and this was uh, this was actually something that was kind of it was kind of uh, what controversial, I guess, over the week. Uh, Max, would you say <laughs> uh, which which topic? I, you you know you probably know what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about uh, No Man's Sky. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you put a video out that was kind of controversial. Uh, yeah, <laughs> apparently that game still has a pretty big following. I figured I'd talk about I have a very unique experience with No Man's Sky since I'm one of the only people in the world who got an early leaked copy and decided to review it. So I decided to talk about my experience of reviewing this game and the backlash and on the day one patch. Uh, I thought it was an interesting video. It got a lot of views. Uh, apparently, the No Man's Sky community wanted to take me out back and shoot me in the back of the head. But <laughs> other than that, it was really interesting. And now, finally this week, we actually have multiplayer. A year after launch, they fulfilled the basic promise of the original game somewhat. Did either of y'all actually log in and try the multiplayer? I looked or at the patch notes. I didn't try it. Are we sure it's no. a big community or just a very vocal small community? Uh, well, I mean, hundreds of people were definitely... Uh, describing things they wanted to put in my mouth but um <laughs> the patch is really weird the multiplayer you like people don't actually appear yeah they're you orbs see these now. orbs yeah. and it but it's weird is that i expected to see like a ship or something but no i literally was on a planet and somebody flew up and i saw them basically hitting the atmospheric loading screen 
and then they came down and you just see this orb fly past at like 700 miles an hour and then clearly coming in for a landing and then get out of an invisible ship and float up to me and it's like cool that was worth a year of work yeah I'm glad yeah, we're here. you can't you can't see them edit the terrain or anything either can you nope they still exist in their own instance so i didn't i was kind of tempted to do a jerky move and like dig a hole and see if my orb uh, friend got stuck but no Oh wow, interesting. So, so you can just see where other players are now, but you can't interact yeah. with them. Well, you you can talk to them. I did find that cool. Me and the other guy luckily did have microphones. I ran into some other guy named like Blunts for Life, and I walked okay. up. and was like, "Hey there!" And he was, was just this, like, "Wait, wait, this was on the this was on the PS4, right?" Yes. Yeah, and uh, okay, good. <laughs> and so we just talked and went to a space station, and then like pretended to sexually harass one of the aliens, and then uh, and then I shut it off and deleted it again. Sounds like an eventful night. <laughs> um, so they have that. They also apparently have, uh, I guess, procedurally generated missions, uh, mm -hmm. crashed freighters apparently to loot, and this mm -hmm. terrain editing. And then I guess they also added like fast travel is what they were yeah. talking about. So it sounds like when I read those patch notes, those sound to me like things that you would put in a game uh, and QA test and everything before it even comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the big thing you put in your uh, in your video, and then you put another one out today, right, where you talked yeah. about should developers be able to lie to gamers ahead of time to, uh, I guess, make the game sound more enticing? Or, or obfuscate. I feel like it's it's important for games to be a little bit mysterious. And we have had games that, that lied to us in a good way, like Hellblade, this week totally lies to you when you turn on the game it warns you that if you die too many times your save file is going to get deleted that's not true like people have tested it they've died like in one spot in one fight 50 times in a row and nothing happens but so it's it's interesting to kind of see a game that lied to us and it was good and a game that lied to us like no man's sky and pissed off everybody and landed them in court yeah yeah but it's not it wasn't really to me um I guess people were happy that it wasn't in there, <laughs> the, the the save erase, whereas yeah, the, the permitted, yeah. there was this massive, like, it almost seemed like a cover-up going up to No Man's Sky about multiplayer, right? Because we were even talking yeah. about before how GameStop was putting stickers over the one-player thing on the back. Yeah. Uh, every, it seemed like everything just to get people to buy it, and then, you know, because once you open a game, you can't return it. Uh, yeah. GameStop. Of course GameStop would have to get, somehow controversially get into this. Yep. Well, yeah, yeah. GameStop's like, you guys really want to you want to piss some people off? Get those black stickers off the top shelf. Let me show you a trick. They, they had nothing to do with this game, yet they want to somehow jump into the controversy any way possible. Oh, man. It was, yeah, it's bad. They, yeah, they had stickers on them. Um, and then, of course, uh, people were big. I mean, that, that game sold a ton on day one, didn't it? I remember yes. a ton of people bought it. Yeah. And then it seemed like everyone bought it and didn't realize what it what it, what it was going to be. Like it, it didn't have a lot of the stuff they talked about. There were uh, obvious differences between like AI that you would find on the planet in their previews and then what you would actually find. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, did anyone ever find that giant snake that they showed? Uh, there was all this stuff. No, stuff like is definitely in the game now because uh, a lot of the No Man's Sky fans that were angrily tweeting me were tweeting me pictures of stuff like, what do you think of this animal? And one of them was actually a giant sea snake that looked awesome. So clearly it exists now a year later. Well, there was like a giant sand snake. Did you see that back in the day? Uh, I think it was like around it came out. They were like, it's somewhere out there. And it was just, ma I'm talking like massive like snake flying around in the desert super fast on the ground. That's awesome. I, I makes yeah. me want to buy that game for reals. One of the yeah. uh, one of the first like major gameplay, I guess showings of Star Citizen, they showed a planet in that game that had a snake and it felt almost like they were sort of making fun of uh, mm -hmm. No Man's Sky for that. Oh no, did you did you bring up Wait, is that the game that is still in crowdfunding? 
Uh, I think so, yeah. No, that's never yeah. going to come out of it. No, the one that has collected over $200 million. Oh, yeah. my gosh, yeah. Yeah, and they keep saying it's going to come out. They put out these betas, and some people are even writing up full articles about how it may never come out. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's likely never going to come out. It always feels like they're trying to future-proof it for game game systems and computers 30 years down the road. Yeah. It's, just, it's one of those just weird games. It looks amazing, but probably never just play it. So- Somebody said that the game has become like a charity fund for uh, people in their 50s who love to read sci-fi novels. It's just like a thing you put money in so you feel like you're doing something useful. Like, it'll come out. Did you guys... Let me let me ask you guys this real quick. Did you... um, Did you see that apparently GameStop is giving away like 100 NES classics in August? Yeah, yeah. What is, going, what is going on here? They... Uh, I, I don't think there's... Uh, I see all these conspiracy videos that they were secretly hiding them. I don't think that's it. I think that, if anything, I think Nintendo found a couple more and they gave it to them since they know they could sell them and, Nintendo, or, and GameStop's eating the cost of 100 units so they can do a big publicity giveaway. Yeah, maybe. I mean, really, Nintendo should have just sold them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who would have stopped them? $300 a piece. Yeah, right? I mean, well, I mean, well, I can see why people would think like the conspiracy theories, just because if you look at like going back to like Xenoblade Chronicles, yeah. um, that game and how they handled that, and then mm-hmm. out of nowhere, like they just had a bunch of copies that were somehow used, and yeah. <laughs> but, but were but were forty nine like forty nine ninety nine used, not brand new. Although I bought a copy from them, and it, there's literally nothing on it, but it was used somehow, you know. So I yeah. can see why you know hiding stock or things like that. And like I said, they got a ton of them because like that game you couldn't find it. Then all of a sudden, like I, I forgot what point it was, like twenty. So 2013 or 2012, one yeah. of those. I'm not. I don't remember when. And like, there was just a ton of copies. That it just became a game where you can buy it anywhere now. You know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if I if I remember correctly, GameStop got permission to print them. And the controversy with that was that they got permission to print them, but for some reason, nobody ever said that they had to sell them as new. So they sold them as full price used games, yeah, which is just price. the most evil. I love that game. I'm like a huge Xenoblade fan. That was such an evil, scummy. shitty move. It's very, it, was, it was scummy. I mean, it was scummy back then. When I looked at the game, I'm like, is this used? Or like, the guy was like, yes. He looked you right in the eye goes, you're going to you're gonna believe whatever I tell you to believe. <laughs> like, I, just, I, was, I was like, look, man, I'm like, I'm a big Xenoblade fan, so I'm going to buy this, but screw you. And you're and I told him, like, screw you guys, and you guys are scum for doing what you're doing. So, But, I, I mean, I bought it, so. Yeah. Oh, man, that's bad. <laughs> that's really bad. Oh, gosh. Um, okay, so now this is this was a this was a big topic I had in mind going into the, the Spawncast tonight. This is very interesting because I think everybody talked about this in some way, shape, or form. And it was about not even so much about the game itself, but about the idea of microtransactions. This is, of course, about um, Shadow of War, mm-hmm. where we were talking about how microtransactions are going to be a part of the game, which is interesting because, Max, you did a whole thing on it. I talked about it a little bit in one of my news shows, but I didn't really dive into it heavily. Um, and uh, are you you're familiar with uh, the situation, OJ? Yeah, I did a video on it as well. Oh, OK. So I read okay, it. I was- yeah, yeah I, okay, cool. Yeah, everybody in gaming seemed very interested in this this idea where they're going to possibly start doing more of these where microtransactions show up in single-player games. And there are a lot of people, some people didn't care as much, and then obviously some people were like, this could be like a slippery slope where, yeah. you know, all of a sudden you pay 60 bucks to then be able to pay more money into a cash shop that is, uh, you know, connected to their little bank account that you keep swiping your card for, for essentially to not play the game, right? Yeah, it's, to, it sounds to, like you, you you skip part of the game to then get the reward instantly. 
the the phrase I'm trying to get to catch on is pay more, play better. Because that's what it feels like. Like if you actually read the fine print of this, the loot crates will give you like better swords so you have higher attack or more defense, but you can also get crates that just magically give you new orcs. Like you literally just pay money and super units for your army just show up. That's mm -hmm. that specifically is what pisses me off the most. Is like, okay pre-order bonuses are going to exist and stupid loot crates for costumes. I can understand that. But something about the fact that I'm paying money to get an orc that, Oh, that's something about that. I mean, J.R.R. Tolkien's going to climb out of his grave and start beating executives up. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. I don't like it because the thing that I always dislike with these type of games is that it's like, it's a single player game. Right. And when you want to build up, you know, you want to get stuff, but are they going to slow the progress as far as you earning stuff on your own in order to entice you to do this? You know what I'm saying? Like, because that's what I feel like they're going to do. Like, yeah. you're not going to be able to get progress or they would have made the progress slower than what they would have done in order for you to spend money. Otherwise, why would you do this at all? Like, if, it's, if, if you can earn stuff and it'd be fine at a good normal pace, why would you even have this at all? Something tells me that it's going to take a while to get certain things and they're going to try to get those consumers out there that really want to just get it right then and there, you know? So, you know, I'm, just, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of it, I'll be honest. They did that exact thing you're just describing, OJ. They did that in uh, Dead Space 3. They had a thing where, mm -hmm. like, when you went to the upgrade bench, you could, like, send out these drones that would get you more resources so you could upgrade your uh, your uh, guns and stuff. But there'd be a thing where it was like, oh, they're going to be gone for two or three missions. Or you could just pay $2 and they'll come back right now. Like, mm -hmm. what the hell kind of fucking universe-breaking logic is that? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's the problem when you do these microtransactions in the games. I mean, I know, for example, you know, I don't play a ton of games with like single player games with ton of like microtransactions because that's not a common thing but i know like bravely default have them as well but it was the most useless microtransaction system ever like with sp drinks to where you can do your super move that you just put the game in sleep mode and you can get them nobody ever i doubt they made any money about that but if you're going to do microtransaction in the game it needs to be something completely irrelevant like that i mean if you're going to because i, I just don't see um how you can balance it with trying to make money and then also trying to, you know, to have the consumers like, you know, not try to go for that because that's obviously what you want. You want them to buy it. That's what you yeah. want them to do. It's obvious you want them to buy it, but you need to put incentives in there. So that's the incentive is the, you know, something instantly or it's going to take a long time for you to earn it normally. And that's what I'm afraid of uh, with this game. Um, so, yeah. Mm, OK, yeah, because it's um. but what if the so you're you're worried, Max, that there might be leaderboards. Is that what you're concerned uh, about? So that that's part of it. I'm a very big competitive gamer. I always want to be the best in any game I play. So I hate the idea of even if something where it's like, you managed to kill this many targets like Hitman did. Hitman had some really cool stuff where if you managed to take out a target in really creative ways, I hate the idea that somebody could like pay $5 and have an invisibility potion or something that really breaks the game. And then they set a leaderboard score that's way higher than anybody who's not paying the microtransactions. Something that's unable to be kept up with if I don't pay. I That's what really irks me the most. Mm, mm. Um, but if it, it, let's say it doesn't have leaderboards and it's just everyone has their own single player experience on their machine and that's it, um, would it still bother you if microtransactions were in it, there if they couldn't affect the online competitive it, scene? It will annoy me morally, but I'll be able to deal with it still. I feel like okay. I, I, right now for me, it feels like a moral wrong to be able to break a game and make it pay to win and have leaderboards bragging about being pay to win. That seems mm. so greedy. I can I can understand that. Yeah. So okay. Well then, what do we um, 
What do we think that game companies could do then? Because obviously development costs are going up and they're going to continue to go up as people want, you know, 4K, 8K. They want these big blockbuster games. So companies are right now just trying to figure out ways to make money. That's why you see things like microtransactions, which the microtransactions could still make money on a game that is sold used. I think that's something else they're trying to figure out. So if a game sold yeah. used from GameStop, they don't get any of that money. But if you fire it up and you start buying stuff in the microtransaction section, that money goes to them. So they don't care as much that it was sold used. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to figure out right now. And of course, any revenue from microtransactions uh you know work the 10 years from now let's just you know let's just say somebody picks it up and maybe they want to throw five bucks at it. they all of a sudden five dollars shows up on a game that they long ago forgot about mm -hmm. and um i think that's why they might be might be looking into this but really companies have to figure out creative ways to get more money it sounds crazy but they can get more money than the initial 60 for games that cost you know 100 150 200 million dollars to put out yeah, well, I feel like what a lot of people are, are not realizing, companies are really shy about admitting their failures, but there are a lot of games now that are technically failing. Like, there was a really interesting uh, documentary that came out just a couple days ago about uh, uh, Tales from the Borderlands, the Telltale games, and they were talking to the director, and he's like, yeah, we were super happy with our project, got great reviews. Uh, technically, internally, it was an astronomical failure. Even though it sold millions of copies, it was considered a failure in the company's eyes. And so even while they were making it, their bosses were like, wrap it up. This sucks. Wrap it up. Just make it end <laughs> right now. So they said that when they were making episode five, they lost like 150 of their employees in a day. And so they're like, okay, cool. Well, I uh, guess there's not going to be any animation. Like, hello, paper cutout. So I think that we're hitting a point now where games are either going to have to get more expensive or more creative with their price points. Okay, so you're saying, you were telling me this before, you're saying mm -hmm. if the game comes out and it's shorter, that it would be like $20 or $30. Yeah. And then if it comes out and it's longer, like if it's a game like, all right, I, I know Call of Duty's campaign isn't long, but there are people mm -hmm. put, you know, hundreds of hours in that game multiplayer mm -hmm. throughout the year. Even mm -hmm. a Madden, as crazy as that sounds, because people play it for so long, mm -hmm. you're thinking like a longer RPG, a longer shooter, something like that would be like 80 bucks instead. Yeah, yes. I fully think that I, I, I hate to ever argue for higher prices but i can foresee a future coming very soon where like dragon quest 11 is going to be 80 dollars call of duty is like 50 dollars because they can afford to sell at a lower cost since people are going to buy a bunch of weed skins and then you'll have a bunch <laughs> of 20 dollar and 15 dollar stuff like i feel like we're seeing already the beginning of that of games like Oceanhorn is what I consider one of the absolute best indie games this generation. You can get it on any platform digitally, even the Switch now for 15 bucks. And so it's one of the things where it's like great little 10 hour experience. You don't mind paying that much. It's $30 for Hellblade. I think that we're getting to a point where big RPGs are going to be pricier and smaller games are going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than they are now. What, what's weird though is that it used to be like that. What, Chrono mm -hmm. Trigger was like 80 bucks, wasn't it? Or something like that? Yeah, $70? Yes, yes, it was. I'm actually reading a book about Chrono Trigger right now and yeah, it was $80 at launch. Yeah, and that was back in uh, ooh, 95? 94. 94, 94. Yeah. I mean, what's the inflation now? That's over $100, it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like $112. I calculated it. Yeah, it's like, well, that people gladly paid that back in the day, right? It's... It's interesting how we've how we've kind of right now games are cheaper than they've ever been, isn't that weird? Like they've yeah. sixty dollars sounds like a lot, but if you go back with inflation, this is the cheapest games have ever been, especially with games that are coming out from indie companies that are like ten or twenty dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean that is like seriously that is like ten bucks back then is even smaller than that. So it's mm -hmm. it's like man, it's so cheap now, but people still see games as very expensive right now. Yeah, which is interesting, right? Well, I I think. 
as we shift towards the $80 model, I think that things, the big shift that I think is going to happen is you're going to see more games that are $80, and you're going to see a lot more DLC instead of sequels, and a lot more standalone DLC. Like right now, what's happening with Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4 was a big game, sold millions of copies, got them a bunch of money, but they didn't get quite as much money as they wanted, and they're needed to fund Last of Us 2, so this new DLC pack is about to drop. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Lost, Lost Legacy. Legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And that's totally standalone. It doesn't really even connect the story, so if you just want to buy that, 40 bucks, congratulations, you can't. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of that. A standalone DLC instead of, like, brand new follow-up games. Yeah, we saw that. Remember we saw that with Infamous Last Light also. Yep, yep. Remember uh, that? Yeah. Love that. Love that game. Second was, was, and then Last For the Light money, Light. it was good. Yeah, I, li- I like both of those games a lot. They're actually really fun. Good collect-a-thon games, too, if you're into those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super cheap now, too, man. The Infamous Second Son is under 20 bucks, I think, at GameStop. You can get that everywhere. I, I've accidentally bought like three copies of it because I keep seeing it on Walmart. We'll put it out for like five bucks. I'm like, I don't know if I have this. And I buy like two. <laughs> so I keep buying it and giving it away. Oh, sure. Yeah, why not? Right. It, it's a good game, though. But yeah, I think you're right. You'll see games that can use the same engine, for example, you mm-hmm. know, and, and less development time, right? Le- less money, less marketing, too. I mean, Lost Legacy, while they have talked about it, I, you don't see any TV commercials for it. At least I haven't. Um, yeah. You know, well, it's, I think- it's when it comes to zero marketing, look at the upcoming uh, Dishonored Death of the Outsider. They're not even going to bother advertising that at all because they know that, all right, Dishonored has a very small but very loyal fan base. We don't have to make a new graphics engine. We don't really have to make anything. Just come up with new moves, new weapons, and new maps. You can just put that out there at any price point, and these same like 200,000 people will keep buying it. So they're not even going to bother putting ads on IGN when it comes to that one. OJ is back. Um. Now, this is why I, I'm always against, like, always online, because <laughs> my power just went out. So oh. it just went right out, and then it went right back on. So I'll say, I paid my PG&E bill, so I don't know yeah. what's going on here. <laughs> we got you back. Um, we, were, we were kind of in we – we were rolling into the middle of the conversation of um, – I don't know if you caught that. I don't know when you, when you dropped out. Um, but uh, we were talking about game development being expensive and how companies are going to start looking to maybe figure out different ways to cut down on costs, but then release a game similar. Like we're talking about Uncharted Lost Legacy is coming out. Same okay. engine, everything like that. It's not as heavily advertised to be $40, and it's probably a lower cost game that's going to help them do things like fun uh, Last of Us 2, for example. And then we were also discussing the possibility of a kind of a pricing model because people don't realize now, but games are cheaper now than they've ever been. If you could use inflation going back, because we just talked about Chrono Trigger released at like 70 or 80 bucks in 94. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're talking about like a, like a pricing structure. And this is something now they think about it, that it, it's funny because we talked about them earlier that uh, Cliff uh, Blazinski brought up how there need to be single A, double A and triple A games mm-hmm. um, just in pricing structure. He, he, he kind of akin to uh, uh, lawbreakers to a double A game. Mm-hmm. is the way he talked about it. And a triple-A yeah. game, I guess, would be that 60. But now we're talking about maybe a game that lasts you hundreds and hundreds of hours. Maybe they look to make that 70 or $80. Yeah. yeah or or imagine if this is... I'm just making this up on the spot, but imagine if there was something where, like, you paid $30 originally for, like, uh, uh, Skyrim, and you played through the whole main story, and you could do all the side quests, but then you paid an additional, like, $40 and unlocked the other, like, 18 bajillion actual faction quests and stuff like I, I imagine that there would someday in the future be like a skyrim style game that is a hundred dollars total but is literally 300 hours of game mm, okay okay so you're saying like they release in tiers or like you you get like yeah. a base start to start with and you decide what you want I, and what you don't want i feel like that i can for some reason see that coming up 
pretty soon. It just seems like we're kind of in this era where companies are trying to find new ways to monetize games. And I feel like microtransactions are working one way, but there's also a certain demographic that will never buy a microtransaction like me. So they're going to try and find new ways to repackage things. I I think... I think uh, DLC normally, I think that that way is fine, just as long as obviously the, there's obviously bad DLC and good DLC. I mean, yeah. the, like, like for example, like Nintendo has found ways to monetize like Super Smash Brothers. Like the DLC in that game, there's a lot of it. There's a ton of DLC. They've probably made millions of dollars off of that DLC. You see all the tournament players using Bayonetta. So all of them got the DLC, you know? <laughs> like So I think that way for some people is fine. I mean, you just give a good base content. Smash Brothers has like 50 characters in their standard. Then if you want to add on, you can just do that. You just have to, I think developers need to find a way to make sure that the base game is overall better value for consumers. Wait. And then people don't have a problem paying for the DLC model. Like The Witcher was very successful, right? Um, and they yeah. gave away free DLC and had paid DLC. So. Yeah. Evan, you love that game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, a lot of these things we're talking about in terms of the pay structures, they've all been tried and tested, and there's even more past that. I remember... Uh, do you remember the first prototype? Apparently, the... Uh, the ads that were in the city were actually, if you were online, they would update to actual company ads. Yeah. And it was causing problems after that whole server thing went down if you wanted to play it again. That's actually a clever idea. Uh, Quake Wars Enemy Territory actually did that as well. The uh, the ad billboards in the multiplayer game could be rented out by companies. And I think uh, the Terminator 3 movie had an ad on there somewhere. The, the- there were even ads in games as far back. I remember like Madden, um, oh. like 2007, 2008, like they would have Snickers and they would have different ads that would go on the billboards when you're connected. I think yeah, even those- going back farther than that was like a game called Mark Echoes Getting Up and that mm-hmm. had ads for like clothing and other stuff like that in there. So if I remember correctly, which one was it? There was a cross-platform racing game that came out at one point uh, on the Dreamcast. It came out on the Dreamcast and I think the PlayStation 2. And if I remember correctly, there was like a race you could do and uh, one of the corners had a giant Sony ad. And I remember they got in trouble because they just like left it in there. Like, whatever, we'll just put the Sony ad there. Oh, God, we actually put that in the Dreamcast version too. So when you're going around this one corner 100 miles an hour, <laughs> is that the competition? Yeah, but those are, those are usually like the prepaid ads. In... Uh, in prototype and quake wars yeah, yeah. You're looking towards like companies who are like i want to rent that ad space for a year in your game like that's what they were trying to aim for which was interesting and then i know we were talking about it in terms of uh like the pre the pre-owned games and like how do they get money out of that uh, i remember there was probably a two or three year time frame where you would get a game and it would be a very tiny amount of the game and then you had to buy like the game pass to get like the online and all the other functions to it. It was like a $40 price tag. I think EA was one of the big proprietors of that and they keep doing it and then it falls off and I think they keep looping back around to microtransactions and now they're probably just going to see how far they can push microtransactions before we all stop buying it and just Mm -hmm. all together. But yeah, the pricing structure changing in games. Everyone's, I guess, just afraid that if you make your RPG eighty bucks, then the two hundred thousand people who would have bought bought it gets cut down to a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what was the point? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, I know people would not respond to that positively if they're like, okay, you know, it's eighty dollars now for this game. Well, so because I'm a person who likes to read about marketing because I'm the world's biggest loser, the way they would pitch this is they would definitely treat it like every game is the super ultimate edition. They would make it where there's no standard edition. Every single one is like an $80 one that comes with a soundtrack, a picture of your ex-girlfriend, and also like an art book. It would just be the super (laughs) awesome ultimate edition. That's the way they'd pitch it. Even though this extra stuff to them literally costs pennies, it's just a way to trick people into buying only $80 editions. Is it Mm. it possible that people see microtransactions 
reactions and kind of uh, compare them to like cell phone games? Do you think because they're so used to that and then they see it start to show up in their oh. AAA games? Oh, yeah. you think they kind of look at that and go, wait a minute, that, that's what's in my free to play uh, cell phone game. Absolutely. Absolutely. People don't like it because a lot of gamers, obviously, they don't want their cell phone microtransactions crossing over into their big AAA games or whatever the case is. I mean, and obviously, I mean, none of us want that, right? I don't, I don't think gamers, like if Nintendo was like, oh yeah, Splatoon has, you know, these microtransactions where you can get this, this, and this to power up faster or level up faster. Would people be down with that? Nobody would be down with that. <laughs> like, I would be like, no way. So, I mean, a lot of us don't want this stuff in there. And I think it sends the, it sends problems. So, I mean, I, look, this Warner Bros, they're going to have to deal with it, you know, with this whole microtransaction thing. But I think that they're definitely going to lose sales, but they're hoping that they can probably make it up on the back end to the hardcore, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings fans, you know, that are probably going to go out there and buy this, do this microtransaction stuff. I mean, we've seen people spend way more money than they actually should be, like on cell phone games that are free to play. They'll spend thousands of dollars on like the, the free to play games, you know? Yeah, those actually make more than PC and console combined now. Exactly. Yeah. So, was it uh, Ubisoft where they had that small group of people say that they make maybe like fifty to sixty percent of Ubisoft's income, and all they do is make like six mini like yeah, I, I, I talked to those guys, yeah. yeah, the, the people who make all the shitty tiny pets and and scales, I talked to those people, and they were like, "Yeah, we make hundreds of millions of dollars just churning out awful licensed brand stuff back to back." Dude, how mad does that have to make like these big AAA developers who spend so much time and then they look over and there's like Candy Crush making like a million dollars a day? Yeah. And that's why they're trying to do that. And, and even if you look at like Nintendo, like they were so high on Super Mario Run, right? And that doesn't have microtransactions. And then Fire Emblem, like, okay, well, yeah, we're trying out this. And now they're just pushing Fire Emblem. Like it's on every single ad, it's everywhere. And now they're just like, hey, go, go Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem. It's actually Fire making Emblem, good you know? money. It, it is, is. Yeah. making great money. <laughs> so. I, met, I was at GameStop the other day, and they had a, a freaking Fire Emblem ad on the TV in there, and I was like, oh, they're coming out with the new Fire Emblem? Oh, it's that cell phone game, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, but it, it's doing well. People are talking about it. I mean, yeah. I see it so much all the time, like on the streams that I watch. A lot of the kids, like a lot of kids, like high school, from what I've seen, like the whole Smash community, they're like obsessed with that game too when they go to their – um, events and stuff and they're buying they're buying stuff they're buying i mean they're playing it and they're also buying it and well, nintendo's making a lot of money off but, of this. So, but that's that's probably the reality of how we want this future to be for gaming they're going to have these games which you or i might not even care about might not even play but millions of people will play it drop a dollar on it a day and they just make millions a day that way then you'll get your smash brothers for 60 bucks i'll get my mm -hmm. uh my cyberpunk 2099 for 60 bucks and i won't have to mm -hmm. care about it but the companies are going to have to produce just a slew of games no one not a lot of like the bigger players want to play, but enough of just the people who have a cell phone and casually want to play something. Those are the ones that are going to carry our games into the future. There's nothing wrong with that, though. I think that that's fine. You want to you want to yeah. drop a little bit on Fire Emblem Heroes? That's cool. We're going to get our Fire Emblem. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get our big Fire Emblem, and they can and they can also do that. So I don't I don't see the uh, I don't see that being a problem. I mean, EA does that too with all their EA makes tons of money off their mobile stuff that they do and but, but the trick the trick is when the company then makes their triple a game also have the that, microtransaction that's the problem see that's what we i want the clear separation between the two <laughs> i i think a big part of it is that gamers are a very empowered culture i feel like we we want to go into the game and be the hero and save the day and then put it down and move on to the next adventure and i feel like as soon as something takes you out of the experience even if it's just being like hey sorry you can't go to that area yet since you don't have the dlc or oh i'm sorry you want to go that further try and just pay 2.99 i feel like it just destroys it i feel like mm -hmm. i wish i could just track the amount of people who quit the first time they see a microtransaction 
I'm one of those people. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll play for a bit, but I'm just like, eh, you know, because like I, I play a lot of these uh, games with my daughter and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And like, as soon as something comes up, I'm like, all right, your turn. <laughs> yeah. So we just go back to the other level, you know. Like that, I, I don't want to deal with it anymore. You know, I, that's, I lose my patience. That totally is what killed For Honor for me. Like I was enjoying For Honor a little bit. It's not a great game, but I was playing it with a buddy of mine, and we were having a great time one night. We played it for like six or seven hours to where doing doing duos, throwing people off cliffs, calling people salty all day long. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh no, I need to get this upgrade. And it seriously popped up this thing, be like, oh, you can, but you just need a little bit more steel. Swipe your credit card now. And I was like, man, screw this game. I'm so done with this. <laughs> exactly. I killed it for a lot of people. The news of the, uh, the emotes that came out that were ridiculously expensive and then just the immediate drop of people playing that yeah, game. 95% of the total For Honor fan base has quit now. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, it's on record. You can literally just see the chart where it's like, hey, we want to sell you these. Uh, how you can smile at your friends. Boom. I think sure they're, they're paying Sacriel to pay to play the game on Twitter too, or sorry, on Twitch too. So yeah, I'm within, a week sure of, they are. Uh, within a week of release, I think we saw it go up on Amazon sale for like twenty percent off or thirty percent off. They're yep. trying to just unload because they saw the drop. It was just like, oh no, get rid of them. Yeah. Give up to the people. That's amazing. So yeah, but yeah, if they do DLC right, I mean, it, it could it could definitely be something to boost their their revenue. But then when you get DLC that's done poorly, like you get something like I, I personally think you shouldn't announce DLC before the game's even out when it's stuff yeah. like like all right, all right just as a great example um Marvel vs Capcom is coming out and they've already announced like how many DLC characters you have to buy yeah like it's like 5 or 6 and then you have instances where like Resident Evil 5 do you remember that whole thing with the DLC where it was locked yeah. on the disc yeah. yeah, or like a week later or something like that. A couple a week or two later, there was DLC. That was well, they 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 sold it to you, and then it was a one meg download. Yeah, yep. well, <laughs> a game company that got super blasted for was when they made a what was it Capcom or it was Street Fighter versus Tekken, mm -hmm. and it turned out that like another seven characters were locked on the disc and they were like somebody even managed to read in the code that it was going to be like where they'd come out every two or three weeks and so it's like you're not balancing these characters or working on this is done you're literally selling us a third of the roster i, I have a buddy of mine who's a professional uh of, you know fighting game player he plays all the time people does in tournaments guilty gear and all and he said once they did that with that street fighter cross tekken or whatever the case yeah. that game died on the spot with the yep. competitive community on the well, spot like literally like overnight I remember, so I was, I was researching that for a video a while back, and people were saying that, and what's funny is that for a bit there, they were actually planning, leading up to it, there was going to be Tekken X Street Fighter and then Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Like, they were going to do mm -hmm. them, like, two years apart and be, and be like, mm -hmm. sequels that have different mechanics and stuff, and as soon as that happened, they are like, all right, cancel the project, we're moving on. Like, just yeah. release the DLC, <laughs> let's get out of here. Well, because they yeah. had, they were, they were also juggling Tekken Seven too, or at least trying to get the first, like get that out on arcade in Japan, and then yeah. they were also juggling what they were going to do with uh, Pokken as well. Like Poke, they were looking at that. So I mean, Bandai Namco, they had a lot on their plate, and you know, so yeah, they just ended up <laughs> just it's, saying skip it. It's interesting to think about DLC that's required. Uh, I remember, I think it was Shane from Rerez who brought this up to me one day. It was talking about uh, DLC and how when you wall off a DLC with money and it's required, like let's say Call of Duty has a map pack that you need to play, even just to play like 80% of the the like team death match, everything. You can only play a few social rooms, for example. A lot of those people just don't buy the DLC and they just stop playing. And, it, and then you lose your community. So I, maybe they're thinking, well, we'll just give them everything and then we'll start doing... Didn't Call of Duty start doing loot uh, boxes now too? 
I think the, don't they have that in this new one? They have some like type of loot boxes or something. I well, thought they the, I, I remember in the new uh, was it uh, Modern Warfare Remastered, which gets blasted all the time because it's a massive cash grab. The game's like what forty yeah. bucks, and they say another fifteen dollars worth of DLC, and then there is microtransaction loot boxes in there. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. <laughs> it's it came out so long ago, like on, on the three sixty, and they're redoing it. Yeah, you know it's it's tough because it, as far as that goes, as far as can players play on a certain map, but that I know just to give an example, like Smash Brothers, for example, you can play on maps. Like if your friend has the map and you want to play against them, you can play on there. Or if you're on Four Glory, you can play you can play on the Super Mario Maker level. You know, even if you don't have the Super Mario Maker map. So I mean, it, it's just tough how the developers do that. I mean, because how else do you get them to buy it? But I think going forward, that might be the best way. Is just like okay, well maybe you know uh, you can't play on the map. Uh, most of the time, but sometimes you might be able to get in there because it sucks. Like, you know, if there's a map packing, you have to buy it in order for you to go there. Whereas like, you know, in other games, like I said, Smash Brothers, you can play on Super Mario Maker level if your friend has it and you don't, you know, if they pick it, you can play there, so. Halo 3 did a thing and this was like early DLC days and it was an experiment, but I guess it must not have worked out well because nobody else did it, but they had a thing where uh, you could pay for DLC and it would make it where you got a multiplayer map uh, a full month early, and so basically all the competitive people would buy it and play on it and love it, and then it'd be free a month later, and everybody would go on it. So therefore, the maps would still be heavily populated, and then they'd start using that money to work on the next map. And so they kept trickling out this treadmill of content. And mm-hmm. I guess that experiment wasn't super successful because uh, Halo Four and Five certainly didn't do that. Hmm. Halo. I mean, Halo 5 was, was bad on its own, really, because they got rid of all, everything that made Halo fun to me anyway. Yeah, well, the loot crate... So, what's interesting about Halo 5 is uh, I reviewed that game, and before that game came out, like, technically officially released, we were able to play it. We were even able to play it online against each other, but what's interesting is that we didn't see the price tags on any of the microtransactions. They came out with a day one patch after reviews came out that made it where it actually make microtransactions in the game up to that point you just got loot crates randomly for free it makes me think i'm kind of curious just on the subject of shadow of war i'm just because i don't trust wb games at all i wonder if they're going to do a thing like that where they send out review copies so but nobody will be able to report on how much are microtransactions what exactly do microtransactions do it'll just that was be the other thing i brought up was what what is the what is like the the transfer amount like what's what's the currency difference there like what is what does five dollars get you in i think it was gold was it you buy yep. because there's like also yeah. miriam i think is the other one yeah. miriam um, is the in-game yeah 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 how, how much does five dollars get you in gold is it like a thousand gold and does that get you like two crates or <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's what i'm curious about is how much money do you have to spend to not do anything in that game <laughs> Can I spend like sixty bucks for the game and then sixty bucks not to not do anything in that game? Yeah, to coast. <laughs> it makes when you start at mission one, you're just like in a tank, like hello. <laughs> yeah, I can see somebody just swiping their card, just never going out into the world until they're ultra powerful. Well, and there's nothing to do. People rag on Kotaku a lot, but Kotaku, anytime a game comes out with microtransactions, they always release a video that says, "We bought a hundred dollars, so you don't have to." And I remember. What game was it? Uh, I think it was Assassin's Creed. Uh, I think it was Assassin's Creed 3 or 4. Uh, or it was Unity. Unity had a bunch of microtransactions. They bought like $100 in loot boxes. And they were just running around the town like throwing invisibility smoke pedal- pellets and using <laughs> grapple hooks. And, stuff. and they were just like God. Just like <laughs> flying around like sh- shitty oh 16th century Batman. It was just like, okay, cool. So I could spend $100 for like 30 minutes of really baller fun. Yeah, I stopped playing Assassin's Creed a while ago. So, <laughs> oh man, did um, 
did you guys uh, oh here's actually a pretty funny topic i saw this pop up this was on um it was this gaming bolt i think they they did comparison of um exclusive games remember how we've talked about the xbox one at length for their mm-hmm. what i think is their struggles right now with that system microsoft that is i think they're having a really hard time and i don't know how it's going to get any better with the xbox one x even michael pactor agrees with me which is weird because we never agree on anything um but uh they did a quick uh, gaming bolt checked out the exclusives from the Xbox one and the Nintendo switch. And apparently in the switches first, what up till December, how many months is that? That's like uh, nine, nine months. Apparently it's going to have more exclusives than the Xbox one did in the past two years. Yikes. Wow. Which is a little worrying. Yeah, they did. They, and here's the thing. I went through the exclusives they talk about. Uh, almost every game that's on the list, actually every game that's on the list for Xbox one is also on the PC. Yeah, um, well, I I've heard some Xbox. I randomly went on this like Xbox uh, Xbox One fanboy forum because I was kind of curious what they were talking about right now, what they think of this whole situation. And what's really odd is that a lot of them kind of think that Microsoft needs to hurry up and come out with their sequel console. They need to have an Xbox One two in the next like year or so, which just seems crazy because obviously. Dreamcast tried that, and they were so far ahead of the curve, they ended up kind of screwing themselves. We ended up getting, like, ported Nintendo 64 games on a system, the power of a PS2. Yeah, um, yeah. I, put the, uh, I put the link to that article, guys, in the chat for, for anyone who's watching who wants to take a look at it. Um, I can give it. I can put it in the in the chat for you guys, too, but I put it in the um, the uh, community chat over there. Yeah, I've dropped yeah. it in the, in the chat also. Um, go, go ahead, go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. I just wanted to let everyone know. Um, I it in there. Oh, no. no. Um, I, it's interesting because... Um, like I don't understand Xbox, like hardcore Xbox, because I don't understand what they're bragging about. Because I hear people complain. On people ask me, like, "Oh, what do you think of like you know crap game?" Or what do you think of these guys that are hardcore Xbox? And I'm like, I don't have any opinion on them. Like they don't have yeah. any exclusives for me to be like, okay, well I like that game, or I don't like it. So I have zero opinion. That I don't care. I mean, I think they're fine. I've seen some of the videos, whatever. Um, but like. You know, with Sony, like you, there's actually content, you know, for people to be fanboys about, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I don't see that with Microsoft now. I love the Xbox 360 because the Xbox 360 had exclusives. Like it had yeah. a lot yeah, of yeah. exclusives, a ton of exclusives. Good ones. Yeah. Like, Bi- Bioshock was like one of the best games I played that generation. And I played it on 360. That's where it was. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. And they had stuff like Lost Odyssey and Blue Dragon, even early in the life of the system. Just throughout the life, just great games. Mass Effect started as an experimental Xbox 360 yep. project. Yes. Like Mass it's Effect, crazy to think of that now. But for a long time, you could only play Mass Effect One on the the 360. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until way later, until Mass Effect One came out on the PS3, and even Mass Effect Two started out as an exclusive on the, and I think it came out like a year later on the PS3, Mass well, Effect no, I, 2. Well, no, I think Mass Effect 2, I think you needed like, the, for the PS3 version, didn't you need like the trilogy? Isn't that yes. where you got it in? Yeah, yeah. which is still no, no, super it, rare. No, it came out individually. Oh, Mass Effect 2? Oh, no, I'm talking no, yeah, about two. one. We're talking about yeah. one, I'm sorry. Mass Effect oh, 2, yeah, yeah. 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 Mass Effect 1, the you had to buy it only in the trilogy, but the yeah. PS3 had a weird thing where you could basically play through a comic book uh, mm-hmm. to, for your save file. The Dark Horse comic book, yeah, yeah. Um, and... and and that's why I don't understand about Microsoft, like fans, like people like your fans of just third party games. I mean, like that's just your fans of that you could be playing better and more efficiently and cheaper on a PC. I, so that's why I don't I don't understand where they're they're bragging about or why they're arguing. What is there to argue about? It's just a bunch of third party games. I mean, right. that you can play on a lot, a lot of different 
of places. Like I said, I understand Sony fans because Sony gets everything. Plus, they get great exclusives. But I just I don't understand where this is coming from. Well, here's the one thing that I mean, the one thing they have still that is exclusive is Halo. Um, no, the, it's not on PC and and gears. The gears community is still thriving. Yeah, like, gears is on PC though. Gears on PC. Well, yeah, it, it is. Ninety nine percent of the people are are only playing it on console though. That's just one of those weird games where people could play it on PC, but it seems like the people who are into it just don't want to for whatever reason. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. But you, I mean, you get you get a better experience on the PC right now. Maybe not when the the X comes out. Maybe you yeah. get better experience there. But um, it's interesting because they're waiting for the next system. What they Microsoft is, go, I think they're still just going about this all wrong. They really just need to put the money in the games. Go buy, you know, rights to games, studios, anything at this point. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, is the Xbox One X really taking up that much of their resources that they can't go do that? I would think so. Yeah, I I feel like once Sea of Thieves comes out, is immediately forgotten, just like I predicted, because I'm a vulture. <laughs> Uh, then I think that they're really going to start to see the writing on the wall of being like, oh, wow, we put so much money into this press. Like, they've flown out so many hundreds of YouTubers at this point to play Sea of Thieves. And hey, I still I'm, don't think... I'm still here. I haven't, I've actually said I want to play that game. <laughs> yeah, I still think there's just such a small install base that it's just going to bomb. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the writing on the wall for them. Like, okay, we, we need a lot more exclusives and we need them yesterday. Well, I think there was just issues like with what they planned this generation. Obviously, Fable hasn't turned out the way that they wanted it to. Then it was canceled and Scalebound once again canceled. And I think at that point, a lot of people just said, screw it. A lot of people just like, what does Microsoft offer me that the, you know, that I can't get somewhere else? And PC gaming is becoming more and more common as well. Steam, it's cheaper. People are always trying to look the ways to save money. I mean, you can get a nice PC for, I mean, you can build your own and get one for like $700 that plays everything or $600 that plays everything, you know, at a, an and efficient you don't, level. you don't pay the online fee. Exactly. You don't pay the online fee. You'll get the summer deals on Steam. I mean, you don't got to buy, you don't uh, have to buy stuff day one. You can wait and get a bunch of Steam's games cheaper because, you know, I mean, if you're an adult, you know, you have work, my family, whatever the case is. So some people don't even have the time to go up, rush out there and buy games day one and all that, which Microsoft benefited from as far as having that exclusivity with Mass Effect and all that. People that just want to rush out, get the system, get the game day one. I also think the Red Ring of Death, people bought multiple Xboxes that also helped pad their pad their stats a bit. Um, and it's just, it, it hasn't worked out for them this generation. And I still look at my Xbox and I mean, I have one, but I use it for Twitch. I use it for no. <laughs> for, for, for streaming. I mean, I've, I've collected, I've collected all the achievements on Twitch on my Xbox one. I didn't even so. know Twitch had a, had a achievements. It, it does. Funny. It, it does. <laughs> and I've got all of them. Thing that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's got achievements, man. And I've got every single the one. The only game I played on my, seriously, on my uh, Xbox one right now is uh, the Halo anniversary collection. And I think oh, yeah. Halo three is backwards compatible now or soon. Yeah. They, they, they all, yeah. Let's every Halo is backwards compatible. Yeah. Cause the, the anniversary collection is still kind of broken so yeah uh, master chief uh, i've messed with my xbox a little bit sadly the only time i really use my xbox anymore is if i'm asking to review a game and they say oh man every single millions one of the people they all ask for ps4 do you have an xbox one i'm like yeah send me the xbox one like i reviewed mass effect i reviewed mass effect on xbox one just because i couldn't on ps4 Mm. I mean, maybe when the X one, maybe when the X comes out, some people would rather review on that. Maybe it'll be a little more even then. That's for reviewers, not for consumers. Yeah. I'd say okay. normal um, people are not going to pick that up. <laughs> now, hey, here's the th- here's the scary thing because this is this is something we see every week with Media Creates. Did uh, OJ, you saw the Media Create from this past week, right? I did. I, did. I saw Media Create and Famitsu. Did you see the Xbox One sales? 
Yeah, was it in the was it in the double digits? This, this or was it, it, right, it was right nine, they that. sold they sold ninety. Ninety, there we go. Yeah, double yeah, just wow. yeah. 90, so, 90 Xboxes. That so. that's actually down from last week. Last the week before they sold ninety four. Oh, yeah. Oh. Japan's not, you know, Japan obviously. Uh... But but the <laughs> difference though, but if you look at the difference between that, the Xbox One and then the PS4 or the Switch, you can go with either one because they're both selling pretty well right now in Japan. Dragon Quest XI's out and the Switch is just impossible to get. Um you can go by either chart, but it, the Switch was in the 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 somewhere in the 60,000s this past yeah. week. Um and then Xbox has 90. That is such a massive difference that will just build over time that realistically the Switch probably will pass the Xbox One in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Just, um, just even from that difference on its own. Yeah, yeah, that difference is big, especially when Nintendo actually starts rolling out more. Uh, the third parties in, like, in Japan start rolling out more of their games, like Dragon Quest comes out on there and other titles are starting to, uh, to pop up. Obviously, Pokemon is going to be big. Shin Megami Tensei is going to be big. When Yokai Watch eventually comes over, that's going to be big. Um, so yeah, eventually it's going to. It's I'm going saying to I'm saying like three, right? four years down the road, but yeah, um, down the road, yeah. I mean, it just depends, right? I mean, it depends on how long Nintendo's going to push it, you know, and how long Microsoft. I mean, I mean, we'll see. But I see what you're saying, like yeah, with that gap by itself between like getting sixty to seventy thousand units more sold each week eventually, and then keeping par in America and in Europe. Oh, well, they, they out, they out. Uh, here's the other problem. The Xbox One is now being outsold on its home turf by both the other systems. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's I was just saying, just, just thinking, yeah. let's just, even if they just stayed on par, then Japan was just above it. Obviously, it's going to catch it. But uh, yeah, I think the Switch is obviously going to sell more in, uh, in maybe in America, it'll continue selling more. I don't know about Europe. I think Europe is really Sony territory. Yes, it is. Uh, but, yep. But yeah. um, but the switch is doing well though in Europe. It's not doing horrible. Like France is really good for them. There's a couple of areas that are really good. So yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate. But I mean, I don't I don't know. If, does Microsoft care too much? I don't know if does Microsoft even care. No, because Microsoft right now they all they want to sell is a, is an operating system. Yeah, that's what they want to sell. That's it. They, they could, they, and once Windows 10 moved over to the Xbox One, I was like, ah, okay, that that makes sense because they want to sell you on an operating system, and that's it. Because they can count every operating system as a member of their Windows Store. Because if you have Windows 10 and you look down at your taskbar, you have the Windows Store pre-installed, so you are automatically a customer that they can technically count. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting Windows, when they talk to investors. I have Windows 10 on my PC, so I mean, it's yep. it, yeah. So I mean, I, I see what you're saying, and that's why I'm saying I don't know if they absolutely 100% like I care too much because they do so much there's gaming is such a small it's like a little dot it's like a well, hobby so yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a hundred percent so the the yeah. Xbox division has never really been profitable to them ever it's always been their pet project so even if they keep bleeding hundreds of millions or billions of dollars a year they can absolutely eat that cost They're, that's yeah. just such a small piece of the overall microsoft pie yeah it, but how, I mean, how, how 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 long do you kind of tick at the investors until it, it turns into like you know a, a massive you know a, 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 I, I don't know you'd say just like a massive gash in their in their operations I, I'm sure they have some genius spin for it of being like, exactly. by, by being this extra brand, we're increasing brand awareness. And mm-hmm. it could just be one of those things where they have so, everybody's getting so many billions of dollars out of that company where they're like, oh, and we're also losing $1 billion a year over here. People are just like, a yeah. billion, oh no. Exactly. They can, they can pitch it, like just like you guys both said, um, it's about brand awareness. Xbox by itself is just, let's just not talk about the valuable, like the, the, the money, but 
the live service, all that is profitable because they have a base yep. of people. Yep. So it, it, people, yeah. They have people. So that's all you need is you need people and you can sell investors on that. This is what we're doing with our operating system. We need this because this brings in people that normally wouldn't have been here. We can charge them for certain things. We can get them into PCs, you know, as far as like what we're doing. So that's all they really need. So that's why I don't I don't think it's gonna be too bad of a problem unless it becomes to the point to where it's seriously like bleeding money to the point to where nobody you know and it's not growing like it's sales they did, they, well they actually well they they actually yeah. lost uh they lost members of their xbox live i think it was like three million okay uh, over, well, the that, last that's fiscal, not... over the last financial report they <laughs> went down they went from 55 i think to 52. i, I would say like if to me it would be, have to be like investors would start taking problem. notice it'd have to be like a complete like a we use type of situation to where you, okay. you're only selling like you know Four million a year or something like that, and mm -hmm. investors can clearly see that this thing is there's not people on there. Then that's when maybe there might be like the jigs up. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, it's gonna be if, you know what's gonna be really interesting is if they ever turn off the 360 access to Xbox Live. Because I have mm -hmm. a strong feeling that cuts like 30 million people off. Yeah, I have a very <laughs> strong feeling that many people make up the Xbox Live community right it, now. You, you mean in terms of just numbers that they can report or actually people playing? Which one do you mean? People paying, people paying. I, I do think the Xbox 360, based on my time in retail stores and everything, when I work behind the counter, a lot of people still own 360s, like a lot. And they I still still, connect, still play? Yeah. Connect them? Okay. Yeah, they would come in and ask things like, can I still play Call of Duty online? Yeah, actually, yeah. I ever, any of the Call of Duty games work online. And apparently, mm -hmm. Black Ops 2, for the longest time before it became backwards compatible, was always sold out. That game jumped like from yeah. like 15 to 30 bucks when it mm -hmm. went backwards compatible because so many people want to play it. And uh, I don't think they'll cut the backwards or they'll cut the 360 servers down because I believe the Xbox One backwards compatibility can play with those 360 users. Mm -hmm. um, so they at least found a reason for that to stick around. But are they really going to support the 360? You know, three generations from now. That's that's really the thing. Yeah. Well, it's in a weird way they're kind of putting themselves out on a ledge at this point. They're they're keep hoping that this next brick is going to appear, but they keep getting closer to the edge, and it's going to be. They need to get some exclusives or announce something console-wise that gets interest again. They need to do something that's going to shock and shake things up or they're going to go right off that cliff when they start sawing away at the uh, Xbox 360. Here's the other interesting thing. Uh, Sony could technically do exactly what Microsoft did and cut down the Xbox One X. The Xbox One X could have like six good months, right, of being the strongest system. And let's say next E3, Sony does what Microsoft did and just says, hey, you know, PS5 is coming next holiday. Not yeah. this holiday, the next holiday. All of a sudden, because think about it, everyone right now is just talking about how the Xbox One X is very powerful. They've been talking about it since, what, last E3? Yep. About how it's stronger than the PS4, even though it's not tangible. So mm -hmm. the PS4 Pro, while it is right now the strongest system on the market, has looked weak because we know something else is coming. So what if they do that to the Xbox One X, and they're like, it's going to have 12 teraflops of power, and it will be powered by uh, Vega. Well, and what's crazy is, let's let's be honest, the Sony dedication right now across the market is so strong, they could literally just show a black screen and, like, the blue startup line and just be like, PS5. And people would be like, you won! Like, they don't even need to, like, say numbers or anything. It would kill the Xbox One X. I, I just don't feel it's a good idea right at this point, just oh. because... Sony just there's just so much momentum with the PlayStation 4. It's yeah. they sell so much of it in Europe. It's doing so well in Europe. Like sometimes it outsells the US, you know, and, and as far as sales go. And to me that there's there's no reason the developers just stop crying about the power, you know, and saying, "Oh, we don't have this." And just make games. Make just keep on making your games and you'll you'll make your money. 
Um, so I just don't see why Sony needs to really do it. They have their PS4 Pro. Uh, a lot of developers aren't even fully taking advantage of that. So I mean, just just continue doing PS4 for you know for however much you know many years, and then release it when when you feel like you need to to release it. There's no need, in my opinion, for well, them to if, um, jump out and, what if, what if and, and announce this. What if Microsoft jumps out because all of their games are going to be compatible from what they're saying for a while? Like even the ones that come out will be backwards. Like let's say the next Xbox, what do you say, Max? Xbox One, Two, or the Xbox Twelve? Xbox <laughs> Two. Yeah, well, the the internal. So I've heard some internal uh, leaks, and the actual name they're talking about internally right now is the Xbox Two. I okay. wish I was joking, but okay. yeah, we're getting a two next. Sure, sure. Okay, all right then. Um, <laughs> well, if they if they do that and they say all your Xbox One games are backwards compatible straight up, um, I mean that that's not that. I don't think that'd be that much of a problem. But I, there's a lot of stuff right now that's saying that Microsoft is actually almost done the next Xbox already, like yeah. beyond the X. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt based on how more the companies are kind of going towards PC and more off of that than like doing like a cell architecture, you know, or something yeah. like that, you know. So I think they were waiting for Vega. I think that was the big thing. And Vega's out now. Well, it's it's at least been announced to the point where it'll be out in what a week or two or something like that. Not even. Um, so I think they were waiting for that, and they need AMD to build an SOC for it, uh, or they maybe they already were. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I don't know. This whole power thing is interesting. People will argue about power of a system rather than games on the system, which is interesting because then you're technically arguing about benchmarking PCs, <laughs> which means we're not talking about game consoles anymore. <laughs> Well, I, I think part of that talk is just peacocking, not even for the gamers, but for the game developers. We're definitely in an age where there are so many independent studios that are just looking for a place to put their projects, and it does kind of appeal to them sometimes. Like, ooh, I've got this sexy new thing called the Xbox 2. And, you know, yeah. I, that could get some appeal. I don't know. I, it, it's a strange thing. I uh, Somebody in chat earlier was saying, that the longer they stick with the PS4, it could actually solve our pricing problem for us because as the games get older, uh, and the hardware gets older, uh, game development will be cheaper, yes, astronomically so. Yep. So it's one of those things where it's like, we could keep $60 games a lot longer if we stuck with the PS4 longer. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I turn my PS4 Pro on and I play it, and I'm like, these games look fine to me. I, I mean, I, yeah. I still play on 1080p. I know there's people with 4K who are like, oh, it's checkerboard upscaling. I, I, I don't know how easily you can tell the difference, but all right. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's a lot more they can do with the PS4 Pro based on what developers are even doing with the Switch, which isn't as powerful, obviously. So I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I look at that and I go, well, you could probably get more out of the PS4 Pro, you know? I just think that developers need to just think about new ways to make games better instead of worrying about, well, okay, here's this power. There's this thing that we do. I mean, there's games that people are still discovering at this point. Like I said, Dragon Quest Builders, it's one, it's 1.1 1 .1 gigabyte. It's one, it literally almost like, it's almost like a switch game or something or like where you, where you put it in and it just automatically starts up because the install time is so low, but there's so many cool things in that game that Minecraft doesn't do. And as far as what it brings to the table. So I think developers really need to just think about that and then go for, you know, with, with their games. I mean, I think like Hellblade does some cool things as well. Um, yeah. At, at a, yeah, it does some really cool things, something that's different. Um, so I think they need to just focus on that instead of worrying about power and all, because they have all the power on PC, right? And, and you know, <laughs> like there's, yeah. there's unlimited power on PC. They, and, Vega, Vega got announced with, I think, 11 or 12 teraflops. <laughs> yeah, and, and wow. even what stuff that's out right now, you know, like a Titan or other graphics cards, there's a bunch of power there. Like, is, yep. is that inherently so much better than 
what consoles are doing. I, I wouldn't say so outside of just you know frame rates or resolution. Well, you're gonna see. So. You're also gonna see um, PC gamers start to get a little frustrated with consoles as well because as much as they might might not want to admit it. Uh, the consoles really move developers along for PC games as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they really do. Like, as game consoles evolve, even if they're weaker now, uh, they will help to push in, you know, more features, better graphics, everything that will also be transferable to PC gamers. So that's one of the reasons you get a lot of people who get a little frustrated with, like, when the 360 was around for as long as it was, I think a lot of PC gamers felt that th that old system was really holding back their experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we still see it, like... This week, they randomly announced that they're having to delay uh, Sonic Mania on PC for three weeks. Isn't that and, interesting? Yeah, I 100% I think it's that they were trying so hard to QA it on the Switch, the, uh, the PlayStation 4, and the Xbox One. It took so long to fix all those bugs. They're like, oh, and we got to do PC. Oh, we're, we're, we just cannot do it. These games are all done. Reviewers have those. We're just going to have to bump it three weeks. Oh. Also, I, th I think they, they figure it's probably going to sell really well on the Switch. And maybe I see. I, I don't know that game. I look at it. And I was. I think I'd rather play it on a handheld. Mm -hmm. um, I think that game will sell well there, and it'll probably sell well on Steam. Maybe PS4. I don't know. There's a lot of games around it right now on the PS4. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, do you think it'll sell okay on the Xbox One? No, I don't I think, think it will. Um, yeah. I think mm -hmm. it will. The people who are playing it are going to buy it. So I mean, yeah. there there's definitely going to be maybe a couple thousand, 20,000, 30,000 copies sold, which is, is definitely worth their time putting on there, but I don't think it'll sell PS4 numbers. No, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, I, I think it's worth putting on there just because, I mean, I guess if you have a PS4 version, you have a PC version, why not an Xbox, Xbox One version? I just don't think, from what we've seen, from what indie developers have been saying about certain games, we just haven't really seen the Xbox community kind of gravitate towards those experiences, so I, I don't really see them buying Sonic at all, you know. Uh, Sonic games have always historically just sold better on Nintendo or PlayStation. And even, yeah. you know, going back to P uh, PS3 and Xbox 360 and Wii. Well, this is this is also one of those games that's going to look the same on all the systems, including the Switch. Like, yeah. it'll, it's going to look the same on all of them. And you look at the Switch, and you're like, well, it has portability factor, so I guess I'll just get it there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, usually people look at it and say, well, what's the resolution on the Switch versus and frame rate versus the other ones? And that's how they decide. Well, there's no real difference. Um, so I, I don't know. I look at it and I go, well, I might as well get on the Switch and get more for my 20 bucks, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it, but, definitely uh, but play with headphones. Good music. Play with headphones. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic music. You need some good... You need some... Some somewhat solid headphones, not not earbuds, but headphones. Good headphones, yeah. guys. Um, and uh, oh, do you see they're talking more about Sonic Forces after Sonic Mania comes out? So we'll uh, find out more about that. I yeah, I haven't seen any details. I I have seen them randomly just posting songs uh, from Sonic. Yeah, Forces. That interesting. Yeah, yeah, what a weird. I mean, I never would have expected marketing like that to work, but I'll be goddamned if they people already doing covers of them. <laughs> but it's going to be uh yeah so they're going to have more information which makes sense because they want people to focus on mania right now uh same reason that uh the the xenoverse 2 developers were talking about how you know pay attention to one on the switch then we might talk about fighters at some point um same deal they just want you to buy what's in front of you mm -hmm. and that makes sense to me um so let's see what other uh this is something i was thinking about too what other games are coming out this christmas time for the different systems i know the Switch has quite a few. I feel like the PS4 and the Xbox One are going to look for more like third-party games, if I'm mm -hmm. thinking right, um, because I know the PS4 had kind of a quiet uh, summer next to... Well, they had Crash, um, and they had Hellblade, but no big like AAA game. And it looks like they're maybe looking more towards like 
third party. I was realizing this too. Are there any big first party games coming out for Sony this Christmas? Just uh, Uncharted. Just Uncharted, right? Well, no, Uncharted is coming out in a couple weeks here. Hold on, I'm looking at my giant cheat sheet. I actually keep a list yeah. of like <laughs> every major game of the year so I can see which ones I want to review. Let's see here. Um, I swear I saw some stuff come up in November. Uh, let's see here. We do have Star Wars Sims, of course, which is super legit. Uh, we do have that Horizon <laughs> Frozen Wilds DLC, oh, yeah. which is going to be a killer. Dragon's Dogma, third party. Yeah, it is a lot of crazy cool third party stuff, but not that's what I thought. Yeah, not a ton. But that's that's something people have talked about a lot recently. Oh, we are having Gran Turismo. We're just in a uh, weird age now where like Sony is not stepping up and making games like they used to. Well, they they, they put out all of their games in the in the in the first half of the year. That's what I noticed. Like that's what Sony's been doing. They'll put out all of their games in the first few months or their exclusives that they have and then they kind of just leave the rest of the year for the third party developers i think even next year like all their games at, at, like at sony's press conference all of them were like 2018 like spider-man mm -hmm. the, yep. the biker stealth game I forget, Alien, days gone days, days gone yeah. yeah like all those games are all like early 20 like uh the i go shadow of the colossus remaster uh god of war all those games are all early 2018 and then they mm -hmm. just kind of leave it for third parties and that's how they they work together because I mean, so Sony obviously makes uh, a lot of royalties off of the third party because mm -hmm. like a lot of the third party games all sell on like they sell easily the most on PlayStation because of the install base. So yeah, well, I mean, and that is pretty a, uh, very much a smart move on their part because a lot of that stuff comes out, gets great reviews, sits there for a minute, and then we come into the summer drought as they call it, and then all those games spike in sales astronomically again. So they kind of get like two big sales throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Horizon Horizon's been doing. I mean, they got a price drop to forty, and, and it, people started picking it up back again. So it's, that's that's good. It's so good. I I bought a, a physical copy of it. Like I got a digital code when I played it originally, and now I bought a physical copy just because I love that game so much. I gotta have it on my shelf. I gave it a ten out of ten. It's so good. It's a good game. It is a good game. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting when the DLC comes out for that. Yeah. I, I, I bought it again because Best Buy had a killer sale on it. And with the Best Buy Gamers Club, it was just like amazing with yeah. their Cyber Monday deal. Um, and it's just still sitting on my shelf. <laughs> I need to open it and play it some more. I need to play because I bought it when it originally came out. Uh, but then Zelda and all this stuff came. And then I was like, okay, I got to do this. Do you guys have the <laughs> um, so. PS4 Pro? I don't. No. I don't. I just have a regular PS4. Oh, yeah, because yeah. that, that game, if I put it in my Pro, it actually has a super sample mode to where it will actually take a, like a checkerboarded 4K and mm -hmm. uh, actually shrink it down to 1080p. Mm, so it actually nice. has that built in, which is really cool, because that's something they came out with a new update. It, well, it's coming out eventually, the PS5, the PS4.5.0 uh, firmware update, and it, it doesn't have super sampling, and the Xbox One X will. And it was a little weird to me that they didn't even include that. It's going to, I think their big update is like Twitch at 60 frames. <laughs> which nobody i don't think anyone really uses the native app for that because they'd rather stream to their computers so they can put you know all their banners and all this stuff on there yeah um i i don't that seemed like a big uh big miss on their part with their firmware but i was hoping for super sampling and by the way it looks really cool when you super sample in horizon zero dawn from like 1800p or whatever it is and you scale it down 1080p it has like this 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 very soft touch around all the curved edges and it looks really good mm -hmm. Um, so I, I was I, hoping they would get into that more, but they didn't. I want to do it. Uh, I've heard uh, if you get Hellblade, Sinuous Sacrifice on a PS4 Pro, apparently there's just a lot of extra subtle environmental details. Like this one uh, guy was talking about that when you play it on a PS4 Pro, you'll occasionally see these like weird glints on objects and you think it's just like a mild hallucination. As you get closer, you see that they're like 
it's it's literally millions of tiny eyes like you're literally hallucinating millions of tiny eyes watching you on stuff it's like cool i'm glad i have a ps4 pro for <laughs> nightmares <laughs> that's, a, that's that's a cool little touch though to add something like that in though yeah well and it's something that it's so genius because you wouldn't consciously see it but unconsciously it would just put you on edge like hmm, i feel like i'm being watched horribly so let me um let me let me talk to you guys real quick about uh monster hunter did you you played the demo didn't you oj I've been playing a ton of it. I think I've done like four video, four, yeah, like four videos already on Monster Hunter, like little uh, mini series. That I, I did my that. best to play it, but I wasn't very good at it. I didn't really know what I was doing either. So oh, I, I, suck, I suck too, but I'm getting better. Like you let people to give you tips, and then oh, people okay. want to watch, like say, "Hey, give you tips," because that game is so deep. It's like ridiculously oh, yeah. deep with like strategy, and like I'm learning. My fans and my users, they're they're telling me how to uh, play, so I'm getting better each time. So it, it's it's a lot of fun. Did you um did you play it, Max, at all? No, I've been very busy with with other reviews, unfortunately. So I haven't even installed it. Oh, okay. You have? Do you have a Japanese eShop? Um, uh, no. Somebody no, showed no. me how to set it up, so I'll I'll do it. I I'll be honest. I'm probably not going to get to it. Uh, I do hope they localize it, though. I've been watching yeah. some stuff on it. It looks freaking awesome. It's interesting just to, just to see how it looks on the Switch is the big thing. <laughs> You're too busy getting tied up and getting shot at, right? Right, Max? Yeah, yeah. exactly. exactly. It's, a, it's a hard job, but somebody's... Like, like, <laughs> I was like, Max is having it kind of rough. <laughs> his twi- dude, his Twitter, he was having it rough on Twitter, man. Uh, yeah, he's getting bodied on Twitter, getting bodied in real life. People are just coming after you, Max. You're doing it's, good, dude. It's true. I do it all for the views. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> all the, the views and the phone calls. It's true. It's true, yeah. As long as that sub number keeps going up and there I get to go. sleep at night, we're, we're good. There you go. Um, good stuff. Do we want to uh, take some some uh, topics from the crowd here that are that are watching at a uh, five seventy two? Sort of says my end watching right now. Take any questions from the from Somebody, the. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Somebody mentioned right away. I, I saw that earlier. Uh, you guys saw that Capcom left that Nintendo licensed by Nintendo in the Legacy Collection. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. That that was yeah. hilarious when I saw Cap- that. Capcom being Capcom. Yep, yep. Cap- that's 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 Capcom. all I have to say. That's all you have to say is just Capcom being Cap. That's just Capcom. Like they're just a. Go- they remind me of just like that goofy ass company or like that. You know, like a played on a football team or a basketball team. There's always that one goofy dude that kind of knows what he's doing in the sport, but <laughs> yeah, it just, it just makes these weird mistakes. And like that's that's like Capcom. They're so goofy. They're just a goofy company. Oh man! Did y'all watch the the hilarious artifact video of the guy in the crowd? I didn't watch that yet. No, everyone keeps talking yeah, about it. It's so good. So basically, it's like this official: like we're gonna show a new game by Valve, and everyone's in the crowd, and everyone's like on the edge of their seat, like this is gonna be the best thing. Half-Life Three, <laughs> and it shows these like three shapes show up, and it says Artifact, the Dota card game, and you hear this crowd of like the most hardcore people go, ah, like everybody was <laughs> thousands of people are like this sucks. And what's funny is there's a reply to that video where someone says, actually, if you're in a room full of people, booing and cheering can sound the same. And the guy who posted the video replied and said, bitch, I got evidence. Like, I filmed it. Like, you can't. Like, so people thought they were going to hit with, like, this epic, like, Half-Life 3 announcement. And then they well, get like, the symbol. And they were really playing it up as, like, this is going to be it. So, like, this is the new game. And then it comes out and, it's, and it just says the card game. And then these, like really cringy guys came on screen like, hey guys, we're professional esports commentators. We're going to tell you about this great card game. It's like, look at this. It's going to prove your gamer's skills and everybody in the crowd laughed at them. Like, <laughs> I hate to say it, Steam, Steam might be one of the worst things that happened to Valve from a creative standpoint. 
Every because they just don't have to do anything. They just get so much money. Yeah. They, well, there was that leaked report. Uh, it was like an internal memo, basically calculating that if they started releasing too many big budget games, it might actually piss people off and make them not want to use Steam. So it's basically like they're in a place now where they're afraid to make big games because. It, if you if people leave Steam, then they stop buying everything. There's there's just no point. Like for yeah. them, per, there's just like they're so busy with their just handling this massive thing that's called Steam. Gabe Newell is worth four point like one billion. The dude, the, the, yeah. the company is just loaded. There's just no point in them doing anything. They just sit back and they just collect their millions, billions, whatever each yeah. time. Like. It's just so much. I think the money is just like when you have that much money coming in, what you're not thinking about, let's create another game to make money. <laughs> like when yeah. you have literally that much when your owner is worth four billion dollars, like he's yeah. worth four billion. Like, what are you thinking about? You're not thinking about making games. You're thinking about how do we control this? Where do we hide all this money? Yeah. Like, where, do we, where do we put all this money? <laughs> like it's literally like Scrooge McDuck, like at at like at Steam. So it's like, why make a game, you know? In, the, in their eyes, probably they're, they're Scrooge. Thinking. Scrooge McDuck is a massive lie. Like if you, <laughs> he he, he dives into his. Have you ever tried to dive into a, a vault full of pennies? I saw it on Family Guy though, where Peter yeah. tried to dive into. <laughs> it's, it's not a liquid. It's many tiny solids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. There was a. This is on still on the subject of uh, Valve. The guy who was the head writer of uh, Half Life Two left the company not too long ago. And he was writing the script for Half-Life 3, and he did like this really in-depth interview. And it was really interesting because they were asking him, was it going to be this? Or was it going to be this? And he told him real honestly, like, Half-Life 3 isn't made. There isn't a story yet. Like, you can't ask me what the story would have been. Like, they're like, the way Valve does stuff is we come up with a cool gameplay mechanic, and then we kind of run in front of it and build the hallways and then, like, write the story around it. Like, everything is glued together at once while they're making it. So he's like, we never really wrote a script or anything. So anybody who tries to leak and act like we did, we didn't like Val. Apparently half-life three was way farther from any, even the first step that we ever would have imagined. Yeah. That's, that's a shame too. I, I feel like that fan base has just been like tortured long enough. Yeah. <laughs> like just give them what they want. Give them half-life three. They it's, would live with a logo right now and you could tell them it's not coming out for four years and they'd be happy. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's just not coming based on like I said, maybe the success of Steam is just it's just too big. It's unless they like I said, unless they 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 can easily make another, they can contract it out, they can get someone else to do it. They don't got to do it themselves. It, if we if we get it, I guarantee it'll be a VR exclusive. It'll be something where you have to get the HTC or the Oculus, and the whole game is just gonna be Half Life VR. Mm, that would be interesting. Fans might. If that's what they're gonna get, <laughs> yeah. If that's what they said, hey, this is the only way you're gonna get it. I think fans would probably be like, all right, we'll we'll take it. So I, what's interesting I, is I bet you, I bet you, Valve could go to either one of them and say, would you like to fund us making Half Life yeah. Three exclusively on your your goggles, you know, your VR headset? Mm-hmm. They would probably do it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, HTC and and Oculus aren't like. Super. I mean, obviously, yeah, I, especially because Oculus has that uh, Facebook money. I'm sure they'd yeah. be like, "Well, do that's it." That's the one thing. That's the one thing Facebook is really good at is writing checks. Yeah, <laughs> and, and no maybe, problem. And, and maybe running for president, depending on Mark Zuckerberg's creepy oh, wins. He's uh, way too weird, man. I, that dude is way too weird to run for president. Like, he is a complete. Weird. I, I saw he, an interview with him. He was like wearing a sweater and profusely sweating. It was a couple yep. years ago. Was like profusely sweating in this interview. I'm like, what is this? 
What is so, this guy doing? <laughs> I, I randomly found out that Mark Zuckerberg, uh, the last Saturday of each month, he'll actually do a cookout live stream on his personal Facebook that you can just watch. And it's just weird to watch the like richest, one of the richest guys in the world. And he just has this super shitty webcam and it just looks really grainy. <laughs> and he's got like, we're smoking some meat. And he'll be like, oh, chat's being really pleasant. And it's like, dude, are you hiding bodies? What are you doing? <laughs> Like, <laughs> it looked like he was hiding bodies after that interview where he was sweating. Like, he kept like, looking around he like opened, something's going opens on. up the grill. There's like a hand. He's like, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, oh, no. Those were the last people that opposed me and tried to make um, something else to Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> they got it. Keep trying to me, okay? Keep trying to me. Oh, somebody else brought that up. Did you guys, um, did you guys see uh, Dave's tweet, Super Metal Dave's tweet the other day? I saw a couple. They were all cryptic. Well, the last one he put up was August 10th. It's pinned right now at the top of his Twitter page. Um, and uh, he, so what he's going to do is whenever his next video goes out, it's supposed to be around one of, uh, one of the announcements or something that's coming up. And uh, then he's going to do a stream right away because apparently it's, it, I guess it's big enough to do a stream right away too and answer questions and talk about it. But apparently he's saying that his, his part two of three, which is coming soon apparently, like I'm thinking it's going to be this month, um, is apparently going to stir up controversy. He says it might stir up controversy in the uh in i guess the nintendo community controversy in the nintendo community no way never <laughs> never happening don't know what you're talking about <laughs> but this tells me i mean the announcement it gets harder and harder to figure out obviously then i wonder if that's gonna be positive or negative it makes me think maybe that it's gonna be that his secret project is that super mario odyssey is getting delayed or something because if it's anything but good news i could understand like that might that'll have some controversy like Laura Kate Dale, when she was talking about rabbits really early, everybody was saying, you liar, you liar. Even though she had seen it and even like watched parts of it before anybody else in the world, people called her a liar until the day that showed up. I thought about that too. Maybe maybe he's talking about a crossover, like how the rabbits and Mario crossed over. Maybe it's another crossover with another is, one of their is franchises. That worth the live stream? Is that worth all the crypticness and the live stream and all that? OJ, it's totally worth it if it's going to be Mario cross Halo. Yeah, <laughs> blow but, up the internet. I understand, but it, it is. I can understand, but I don't think this is so. Like even like with Mario plus Rabbids, like when I finally saw the game and like people were telling me about it, like it wasn't controversial to me. Even from the very beginning, it wasn't controversial. It's just another game. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just another game. Like it's not anything like doing something with the hardware. Like that could be like controversial, like hardware messing hardware. with that. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. That's now. controversial, but like just another game that they're paying for. That's that to me, the Mario plus rabbits controversy was stupid because all these people were doing were just bashing this person more for other things outside of Mario plus rabbits, obviously because Laura Kate Dale's trans. So I think it was also people piling on top of her for that as well. But like, it, to me, it was just like, dude, it's just another game. If it comes up, it's just a rumor about a game. It wasn't that well, super controversial to me, well, you know. It, it was also controversial when they, when the first piece of uh, that internal memo leaked and it said like, like goals, make people not find Princess Peach Rabbit ugly. It was like, <laughs> so like, what is this, dude? Maybe they, maybe they bring over. Maybe GTA Five goes to uh, the Switch and they have Mario oh. as a playable character. Oh, <laughs> you see that Mario mod? Would it be like that yeah. Mario mod? <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, I love it. Well, and Mario looks slightly stretchy in that. It's just like, oh god, bone. that'd be great. I, I just, I don't find um unless you do something super controversial with the game, unless it becomes like a like a like a wind waker type of thing where people really oh, hated yeah. that like yeah. unless you do something like that or like a devil may cry like i don't really see games just coming out that aren't 
related to the business and like microtransactions. That I don't see those controversial because it's just I mean it's just another game that comes. So out. We're, we're so we're thinking we're thinking it has to be something to do outside of games like hardware. I mean that's what always yeah. comes back to. That's what everyone's talking about. Some kind of hardware piece, whether it is. Mm-hmm. And the most controversial thing I could think of personally is if they released a home console alongside mm-hmm. their Switch because their Switch is supposed to be the the portable oh, and the home console, right? And then now people are like, well, what's going on over here? What's this? I thought this was a portable. No, wait, now it's a you know I thought it was home console. No, wait, now it's their portable and this is their home console. That would be ridiculously controversial. Like that would that would cause some some riots. The, <laughs> yeah, the only way I could ever see that sort of being spun positively if it was like if they. We're like, here's the home console, and also it's gonna have like a brand new Zelda or something. I feel like it's the only way that they could sort well, of soften the way, that. The way I was thinking was, what if your Switch games work in either one, and the home console is the more is just more powerful unit for your TV that that you know that would lighten the blow. Everything that would yeah. lighten the blow. If it was a completely different one where these games are like only some work and not all of them, and it was more expensive, that would cause big problems. But if every single game worked, people would still be pissed because it's the internet. Um, so people would still be upset, like would still be mad about it, but it wouldn't be as bad as them doing like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw many videos of people saying, what if the Xbox One X only plays Xbox One exclusives? Heck, Ghost Robo hit a, over a million views on why you should be worried about the Xbox One X saying that and using that as a fuel to say, okay, well, this could only play Xbox One X games that won't be able to play your backwards compatibility. So you should be worried. And, you know, and like I said, he, millions of people, tons of people made videos and making tons of money off of that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that would be the thing that I would think that that would be super controversial if Nintendo <laughs> did something like that. You know? That would somebody, be interesting, though. Hmm. Somebody's saying 4DS. I'll be honest, that'll piss me off if they're like, yep, we're keeping the 3DS line alive. We're just going to keep making up letters and number combinations. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's the thing, though. I just feel like like the switch could slowly take the 3ds's place you know just just slowly over time without anyone even noticing <laughs> and then you get this home console and but your games work between either one mm-hmm. it, like i said if it works between either one i don't think that's much of that's not as much of a problem if they work between either one if you want to get that one the home console then that's fine you get it if you want to get the switch you, you get the switch you want to get both of them that's fine giving consumers more options I don't see that as too much of a problem. Only if there was, like I said, exclusives. But if you could play either one, I mean, that'd be that'd be kind of cool, I, I guess. But like I said, I don't know how some people be like, oh well, I wasted my money on this system, you know, before beforehand. So I like it would definitely cause some controversy. Even, yeah. You know, either yeah. I, I, but I wouldn't feel like I wasted my money on it because it's portable. I like the portable aspect, but Agreed. it'd be really cool Agreed. to have that. It'd be cool to have that home console feel too, where it's more powerful. Like, what if it was as powerful as just the base PS4 and it was like two fifty? I guess it would have to be the same. It'd have to be three hundred because that'd be the same price as the portable unit. Yeah. Well, so, uh, that yeah. that was sort of say is what I could see ruffling from some feathers if what they called like the switch home, the swome, is like two hundred bucks, <laughs> and it literally is just like the box. You put cartridges in the top, and then you have a controller. Like if it undercuts the price of the normal switch, I could see that as causing some serious uproar. Well, like I guess you could say it's like the Vita TV. Mm-hmm. Kind of, mm-hmm. you know. But, uh, yeah, Vita TV had the exact same hardware. They'd probably want to beef it up a little bit. Yeah, they would want to beef it up a bit. They would. I mean, because it's already you can play it like a home console already. You know, you could just plop it in that dock. It, it could never move, and you'd be fine. So yeah, they yeah. would have to beef beef up the hardware. But who would they go with? What what would be the what would be the insides of it? You know. Like, uh, well, we did hear about again. This is all leaks, rumors, all that stuff. The Foxconn leak goes back to some kind of Nvidia GPU that's that seemed comparable to a 1060, which in a console space that would actually be a 4k resolution machine then and that would probably be 350 to 400 dollars then 
Um, that could have also been dev kits for the home console version because we see, I originally thought that was just the dev kit for the Switch, but then we see the dev kits for the Switch come out and they're like $400 or something. They're at 500 they're, they're super cheap and mm -hmm. it looks very similar to the Switch. It's just like, I think it's all blacked out or something like that for the dev yeah. version. Yeah. Uh, so then what was the th other thing that they saw? I don't know. Uh, that's the thing. It could be that home console that we, we maybe are all speculating about. It could, it could be that supplemental computing device. could be the home console. It could be, could be something. I don't, I don't know. Nintendo's, like I said, they're, they're kind of Batman's at times. They're, they're crazy. They can do all sorts of stuff. So who, who knows? But obviously like Dave, Dave's hearing something. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see what, what, what happens. You know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a exciting time with Nintendo these days. It's just, it's, it's hard to, it's just hard to believe that they would be willing to let like their home console, their, well, they're, they're, to merge everything into one SKU so they only sell one system. That just feels, that seems weird for them. It, I don't know. It does, but it, a narrowing of focus is kind of what that company needs right now. As I feel like Nintendo, especially in the Wii generation, they were throwing out so much paint with like, here's a heart rate sensor and here's your <laughs> motion control, but here's Wii motion control plus. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. it's no longer compatible with this. It's just like, I, mm -hmm. I feel like they've, they've been trying to tighten it up more and more and more and this may just be the final screw tightening where it's like look it's the switch you want to buy a nintendo game every single thing comes on this one device yeah they generally are a conservative uh company like they're very conservative compared to others and they have a lot of liquid cash right now like a lot so yep. yeah they, they can afford i did the calculation they can afford to lose 500 million dollars a year for the next 50 years yeah so <laughs> they so I think the focus is good, though. I think this is probably the most focused we've seen Nintendo in a while, right? When their games are coming out, you just you just get the game and it just you just put the cartridge in there. It just works. You just play it. You know what I'm saying? They they have their 3DS teams, the Fire Emblem dudes finally making it back back to home consoles again. You know uh, the Bravely Default team, Silicon Studio. They made 3DS games. They're making a Nintendo Switch game. So a lot of these 3DS developers are finally moving over to the Switch that we've seen, whether it's internally with Nintendo. Or um, outside of Nintendo, um, Level Five is saying, "Hey, we're we're going to be making some stuff for the Switch." The Pokemon company is like, "All right, we're finally going to make it. We, you know, we're making it." So, to me, that that's 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 folk that's focus. That's that's better for them. Um, but like I said, if these cartridges can be played on either one, then I don't really think it hurts the overall proposition of what the Switch can do because it's both. It's that home console and it's a portable. People, you can't. People like to underestimate portability, especially here in the U.S. People like to underestimate portability, but it's a very big thing for a lot of people. You know. So. It's very big in Japan, definitely. Well, it's massive. I mean, that's a lot of people just play it portably. You know, just like might be the might be the the majority of the way that people play it in Japan is probably portable. Portably. I mean, consider yeah. consider the the roof that the Switch could be looking at in Japan is it could be that twenty two million for the three DS. There could mm -hmm. eventually be twenty million Switches sold just mm -hmm. in Japan. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is which is crazy to think about. Um, yeah. the definitely, you definitely see that with the hype is massive there for that system. So, mm -hmm. um, which by the way, I talked to you a little bit, OJ. There apparently there's these rumors going around that next week's media create is going to surprise some people from Nintendo. Yeah, you, you told me about that, and I wanted to. I was like, really? Huh? That's interesting. So I kind of looked into it a little bit more, like you told me about, and yeah, that's what uh, people are saying. It seems like uh, Nintendo's getting some more restocks, which we've seen in the past three weeks, right? We've seen the numbers yeah. go up to about a hundred thousand, then it kind of dipped back to sixty thousand. So. You know, if Nintendo can stay above that, you know, in that area or stay above it, that, that's definitely good. It's, and, it's very interesting. And then the MPDs will be out uh, this week coming up. Okay. For the for the United States. I think it's out, oh, geez, uh, Thursday maybe? I'm trying to remember. It's, it's sometime this week uh, they'll be releasing it. Uh, private uh, investors and, and people who get private reports for websites like embargoed ones already have the reports. So they already know. Mm -hmm who came in which place and everything. The only way we'll get any, uh, I guess, more information is if somebody from any of the big three 
come out on Monday and say, we sold the most this month or something like that. The system was the best selling in the United States this, this month. So, um, and then also do games, you know, like, uh, this game was the best selling. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, um, where everybody placed, I think, especially cause that was, uh, that was a Nintendo Splatoon two month. So be interesting to see where all that, where all that ended. I'm, I'm guessing Sony, Nintendo, then Microsoft. I'm, I'm guessing in that order. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it depends. It depends on, I guess, with um, PlayStation 4's, uh, uh, their stock. I, I mean, there's a lot of stock where I am, so I only got an issue. There's tons of stock, but whenever I go to the stores, I always see like someone walking out. I mean, I never really see Switch as much. Um, they're usually always gone or people are yeah. buying them. But I always see at least one or two people looking at PlayStation and buying a PlayStation 4, you know, most of the time. So, I mean, it, it, I think it's steady. You know, the sales are always steady like with playstation yeah I'm, I'm wondering if they're gonna hit that 100 million mark man they might if they continue to drive it yeah like if they but yeah. if they put out this ps5 like you know which i don't think that they should if they put that out prematurely then i don't they might not but if they just continue to roll with ps4 then yeah they can hit it they definitely will so what's weird is the amount of people i talked to uh i was talking about like console generations a couple weeks ago in a video and i got so many tweets of people telling me that they've literally bought a playstation 4 for the first time in the last two months like hundreds and hundreds of people told me and so obviously that's a small sampling but it makes me think that even now a huge portion of people are just now jumping on this console generation every single day Every single yeah. day, people go out there and say, I'm going to buy a PlayStation 4. Every day, you probably have, you know, 60, 70 people per store or something like that in yeah. some of the bigger areas. All the stores, you know, selling PlayStation 4s every time. It's that popular of a system. It has all the third parties. It has all the Japanese. It has all the indies. It has tons of indie games. It has literally almost everything. It has great exclusives that people like. So, yeah, the, sta- the sales are always going to be very steady for the PlayStation 4. So. Mm. Um, yeah, somebody asked if uh, Fallout 4 would go to the Switch if it, if Skyrim does well. I honestly, uh, Fallout 4 barely runs on the PS4. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I doubt they're going to take the time to, to make that work um, yeah. on, on the Nintendo Switch. Well, I mean, well maybe if Skyrim did it like astronomically well, maybe if it did like, like, like millions upon millions, maybe, but I, I just don't think it will, so. Yeah. That engine has a hard time running just like on its own. Yeah. So. <laughs> and that's what I was going to say is the amount of people who really, really reamed into Fallout 4 barely running already, you put that thing on a switch, it would just be like chugging. Yeah, they would have a hard time in general just because the way that engine's built, it's not the most streamlined engine out there. Yeah, um, definitely not, not for power efficiency, I'll tell you that. You know, they'd have to they'd have to almost remake it from the ground up, I would think. It would Ooh, have to be like Doom. a game. Doom is interesting. That would run on the Switch, yes. Yeah, that would Doom would run on the Switch. Because that doesn't that run. They have that Doom. runs Vulcan. Yeah, okay, yeah, Vulcan. Vulcan. And I know there's like a Doom, there's a Doom 3 on the NVIDIA Shield tablets that runs perfect. Oh, yeah. On the yeah, NVIDIA no, Shield not... tablets. Like, the, and the looks newer, great. The newer Doom runs perfect on um on a Vulcan. Oh, my gosh. You can run it on so many low power machines. No problem. So, yeah, it could run on the Switch. Absolutely. They could definitely make that work. Especially since it does have that native Vulcan support in the background. Um, NVIDIA, NVIDIA apparently did a lot of work on uh, on the APIs and stuff for this system, so it'd be interesting. I think people would be surprised at what the Switch can run as they as they get more into the um, the generation. Uh, yeah, as they figured out that's something I, I did a video on a, a couple days ago that got a lot of traffic and got a lot of people talking, and I I learned a lot uh, in the process of making it. As I was talking about like. Uh, how much of a jump we're going to see overall in Switch's power. Like, are we going to see, because developers, as they figure stuff out in a console generation, they get better and better at it. And so I theorized 
how much uh, better the graphics are going to get. And people are telling me a lot. Uh, I ended up learning a lot about the architecture of the Switch, and it scales pretty well. Hmm. Yeah, but Crisis runs on it. So, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Like, Crisis 3, they had a whole closed, I think it was like a closed um, demo at a convention, and they had Crisis 3 running on the on the Tegra. So, mm-hmm. it'll run fine. Yeah, 1080p even. They didn't have to knock down resolution or anything. So, they could do it. If um, I if I randomly disappear, I'm just warning you. I can hear a humongous thunderstorm outside. If I randomly disappear, my uh, I live in a very old house, and occasionally the power just stops <laughs> existing. We're we're actually going to be finishing up soon anyway. So okay, just, <laughs> yeah, just you're, you're, we're finishing the next couple minutes. Um, oh, and then somebody asked about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I, I I'm going to say I have no idea why Kingdom Hearts is on the Xbox One and not the Switch. Like I don't know how that came about. Where they just were like put it on the Xbox One and not the Switch. I don't know. I maybe they were already in development. And they were like, well, the Xbox One and the PS4 are so similar. Just move it over. But if that was the case, it'd be on the PC also. So I, yeah, there's no PC version right now either. So. Yeah, yeah, weird decisions there. I will say that because I, I, I don't want to group the entire Xbox One fan base in because I know there are people who like RPGs on that system. I don't know how well Kingdom Hearts is going to sell on the Xbox One. One, they're not marketing it for that system at all. Most people thought it was like off of the Xbox One because they accidentally took the logo down at one point on their website, <laughs> um, but it was never down. And it's um. I don't know. I, I feel like Kingdom Hearts would do better on the Switch, but I, they just don't have any plans right now from what they're saying. Um, yeah, Kingdom Hearts on the it. Xbox One, man, just seems weird. It does. It, does weird. I, it definitely, I think Square is very much just trying to cast the widest net they can right now. And so I understand oh, oh, sure. it's like yeah. if we could spend an extra million dollars of development cost of a 50 or $100 million project, it's totally worth that million dollars to change some button prompts, redo QA, and recode it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Whereas with the Switch, they probably have to adjust, fine-tune a few more things. I mean, it runs Unreal Engine 4, so it can be done. Um, but oh, yeah. they probably have to fine-tune a few more few more things here and there. But the, the earning potential would be astronomically greater than the Xbox, you know. Yeah. Did you see the Disgaea Disga- 5 sold better on the Switch than it did on the PS4? Uh, I I didn't see that comparison, but I did see didn't it say, what are the two hundred fifty thousand units no. or something crazy? A uh, hundred thousand. So it's selling yeah. at a faster rate and it's full price. Yeah. The PS4 version. I don't know the full sales of it, but just like I said, this is just loose VG chart, so you don't know if it's yeah, yeah, yeah. accurate. You know, it's at about three hundred and fifty thousand on yeah. PS4. So hundred thousand to three hundred and fifty. Obviously, the it's selling gap rapidly. Yeah, yeah, a lot faster uh, than the PlayStation than the PlayStation, and it. The thing about it is it's like America and Europe that are buying it. Then Japan. Japan isn't into it as much as we are here. Isn't that it's weird? <laughs> it's it's so odd. I think there's so many types of those games like yeah, Disgaea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they're kind of just like, Japan's like, okay, enough of this. It, <laughs> Whereas maybe, people in America are like, hey, we, we'll take it. You know? It may, may not just be their their flavor of art either. Like I was looking at uh, Boogie2988, the big YouTuber. Mm-hmm. He was uh, someone was asking him like, "Well, what have you been playing most during your recovery from your surgery?" And he toasted a picture of him laying in bed playing this guy on the Switch, being like, "Yep, like as long as I'm here, let's play a hundred hour in depth RPG." Yeah, that game has that game almost. I don't want to say that it has too much content, but it might. <laughs> like there is, it's like astronomical. Especially if they just throw everything in there on the Switch version. Like they give you everything. It can break the game, so you got to be careful. 
Okay, um, I see. I see it here. They actually. Um. Yep. I see it here. Uh. This was from the. This was actually yesterday. This was from the. I think the N one themselves. This what it says. Did you see this? There was. It was a. I saw this originally on NeoGaf. Then I linked to it at their. Um. Their actual site. It was in Japanese, and then it was translated and everything. But you're right. So the the Switch version so is right now. They they were kind of vague about it. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred thousand to one hundred fifty thousand for this guy of five, and then the PS4 version in the same amount of time. At a lower price, sold at one hundred twelve thousand. Wow. Yeah. So it seems that uh, the they're making more money on the Switch version right now. Oh, absolutely, because it's full. It's full priced. Um, well, you know, fifty-nine. It's, so. it's full price. So you got to realize stuff like that is so great for them because it's like we already made the game, we already recouped our original mm-hmm. cost. At this point, it is one hundred percent profit for. I think a it's. I think it's guy. opening up some of the developers' eyes to the the Switches potential there for for third-party games which is interesting because the wii u was not a third-party machine um but the switch strangely is selling a lot of indie games indie developers are like like full-on running at the switch right now you know you i I, we already talked about all these all these messages on twitter keep going up announcing games left and right and i love indie games a lot so it's really cool to see super meat boy randomly gets announced although i already own that game like three different ways so yeah um yep I don't. I probably won't buy it again, but it's a fun game if you never played it. And it's like, oh look, now it's on the Switch. So yeah, I got it free on PlayStation Four a couple of years ago. It's good shit. Oh yeah, I mean it's aggravating. People are gonna break their systems, but uh, it's, it's a fun game. Um, so I think that's uh, I think that's it though for tonight. We hit our two hour mark. Um, I think we're good. Let's uh, let's go around here and uh, and do a quick outro. Uh, Max Worth, can they find you, man? Uh, YouTube.com slash Dreamcast guy. Um, I just did a cool top 10 about uh, the best villains. Uh, and now I'm working on my Sonic Mania review for next week. So be sure to subscribe and stay tuned uh, early Tuesday. You should see my final impressions on that game. Yes, that'll be cool. Uh, OJ, where can they find you, man? Yeah, just YouTube Player Essence. Uh, you can find me. I do um, Japanese gaming. I do um single player games i like rpgs of all sorts so if you're into that type of stuff uh, you can check it out i've started to incorporate a little bit more like um like hidden gems and top fives i just did a, a top five uh, confirmed games or at least just my own list of top five confirmed games coming to nintendo switch i've got a new uh, video that i'm working on as far as mario games go as far as top lists so yeah definitely a lot of cool stuff there do some uh, Japanese Let's Plays of games like Dragon Quest Heroes um, I've done and also uh, Monster Hunter. So if you're into all that, check out my channel, subscribe if you can. Very cool. And then, uh, Evan, where can they where can they find you? I know you're doing your art channel and then you have a... Yeah, I'll just post uh, that name on Twitter would be anything for news for either my art channel or my gaming channel. Or you can just keep watching Spawn Wave. I'll be doing videos here occasionally editing. We'll do yes. our little two-man group type stuff that we pull off occasionally. So Yeah. It's fun to do. We play games, so it's a good time. <laughs> um, cool. All right, I guess that's uh, that's it for tonight. Yeah, Philip ha- was busy with personal stuff. He'll be back next week, is what he was saying. So he's he's out and about taking care of stuff. But other than that, guys, thanks for joining us for Spawncast tonight. We're we're here every Saturday night, nine o'clock Eastern, and we will see you guys uh, next Saturday. <laughs>